Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. From Michigan International Speedway in Brooklyn, Michigan, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network, with coverage of the Gabriel 400 Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race. Co-hosts for today's broadcast are Mike Joy and Marty Hall. Well, good afternoon, everyone, from beautiful Michigan International Speedway. The Gabriel 400 today here at Michigan Speedway takes us into the second half of the $6 million Winston Cup Racing Series. It'll be the 16th event of the 31 race schedule for the world's best stock car drivers, and Michigan International Speedway, Mike Joy, has to be the favorite track of every driver here. Well, not only of every driver, Barney, but I think for our broadcast crew and most of the press that cover all of these races. Well, the drivers always get pumped up every time they come here to run this racetrack because it has a little bit of everything. They can run speeds of about 170 to 175 miles an hour as they dive off into the corners. They're not afraid to go in there three abreast because even if you get out of shape here at Michigan, the track is wide enough that the driver can do a little something with the car, recover it, and keep it out of the wall. That makes a little bit closer racing than some of the tracks we do go to. There will be a lot of stories we'll be looking at here this afternoon in the Gabriel 400, and of course, for the last three or four races, it's been pretty much the same thing. There are still four drivers looking for their first win in 1981, Harry Gant. He'll be tough today. He was the fastest driver here in practice. Everyone felt like they should have won the pole. Why they didn't is anybody's guess. They might have second-guessed themselves. Sometimes when a race car is running that well, you think if you do something, you can make it a little better, but apparently it didn't work out that way. But Harry should be strong here today. Of course, Ricky Rudd, his Gatorade team, gets stronger every race. He's going to be tough here this afternoon. Neil Bonnet and the Purelator Courier Ford of the Wood Brothers. Their record here speaks for itself. It's been outstanding. When David Pearson was their driver, they were simply unbeatable here. And Neil Bonnet has the stuff to keep that streak going here today. And for Dale Earnhardt, if ever a team is due to win, boy, are they. Of those four drivers, Barney, they're all perennial bridesmaids. Uh, Harry Gant has three second-place finishes this season. Ricky Rudd has finished second twice. Earnhardt has been the runner-up twice this year, and it's been in the last two races at Texas and at Riverside, California. Bonnet's been in contention and close to victory lane on a couple of occasions and also has one runner-up finish to his credit. And one thing about Michigan is compared to the last couple of races on the schedule, there are four or five additional cars here that don't run all the races that will be a factor. Cale Yarbrough is here. A Buddy Baker is here also. The Kenny Childers, the coal miner's car, is here with a new driver, Tim Richmond, and there are a number of strong horses in the field that can't be counted on to head for victory lane every week. So we expect a close and a competitive race. The pre-race activities continue. They just had two skydivers fall out of the sky attempting to land on an eight-foot square piece of canvas. Uh, the canvas should have probably been about a mile square because one ended up in the infield and the other guy in the backstretch. And the third man just fell to earth and missed it by about three feet. 
And you can hear the roar from the crowd, which is expected to be here in record numbers today. The grandstand was sold out some three weeks ago. The infield is nearly filled to capacity. There is no space along the fence surrounding the inside of the racetrack and the infield area. Campers and cars just jammed in there and a throng of people on pit road making their way to the grandstand before this race gets underway shortly. Very shortly, they'll give the command to fire engines down on pit road. and There'll be 37 starters in the field here this afternoon. For the second week in a row, actually, there were no big surprises in qualifying Mike Joy. The Mountain Dew team of Darrell Walterman, Junior Johnson, won their fourth Bush Pole of the year by grabbing the number one starting spot here. And perhaps, I guess the biggest surprise would be Joe Milliken, although that's not really a surprise because that race team is strong enough to work their way to the front row or qualify anywhere in the top five, almost any place they go. But for the most part, qualifying went pretty much according to how everybody figured it might. Well, Joe Milliken's on the outside pole, and what surprised me, Barney, is that Milliken did not race here at all last year, in either the Gabriel 400 or the Champion Spark Plug 400. So it's his first appearance at Michigan in at least two years, and they managed to put that car on the outside pole position. Pole qualifying definitely favored the drivers that went out early in the session, uh, including Harry Gant, Bobby Allison, Ron Bouchard, and Daryl Waltrip, and Joe Milliken, all of whom ended up in the top five, the drivers who ran later in the day, uh, particularly Dar Dale Earnhardt, who was at the tail end of the qualifying order, just felt like everything had slowed down as the track and the weather warmed up and track conditions changed quite a bit for the last round of qualifying. Well, of course, the winters here in Michigan are very severe at times. This racetrack was resurfaced about a year or so ago, and there have been some cracks coming the asphalt. Of course, the ground freezes and makes the asphalt crack, and they put some sealer in those cracks. And yesterday, it was very warm here, and some of that sealer kind of got a little bit soft out there, and the cars were hitting it late yesterday afternoon as the track temperature went up, particularly the surface in the asphalt, and it gave them a little problem, and it might be a problem here today. It's nothing major, but it'll just kind of make the drivers stay on their toes a little more. For any late developments on pit road and anything that might have happened, some driver changes and whatever. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett, who will be covering the action for us today. Well, thank you, Barney Hall, and good afternoon, everyone. First, let me say that uh, on behalf of all of us at Motor Racing Network and all of those up and down pit road, a number of the fellows wanted me to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are listening in, and I'd certainly like to say happy Father's Day to my dad listening in down in North Carolina. There is a late development right here in front of me on pit road. It's with the Wrangler Jeans uh, team of Dale Earnhardt, and Dale is here with us. Dale, part of your crew didn't get here. Well, that's true, Ned. Uh, we have uh, six guys that fly up today on a smaller plane, and, and uh, they got weathered in, I think, somewhere down out Cincinnati or somewhere. So uh, we had to change the crew around and put him in back on changing tires. And uh, he's not been doing that on our car like he did on Richards, but he's going to be changing tires. He's going to change the right rear. And uh, we put, you know, move things around. We put Eddie Jones, the Jack, and uh, Rick Peters, uh, gas, and a few things like that. And uh, our jack man and our gas man is, are the ones that didn't make it. So we had to swap things around for this race. Well, I know you even have Bob Janelle, who is uh, in a PR position with the team as the catch man. Well, that's true. Well, he's going to uh, roll tires in on the left side uh, uh, and back up the gas man on two-can stop. So, you know, it's just had to come up with a few guys and, and put something together for this race. And it is a serious crash and pit crew race, I think. And uh, it's going to put a, a really a bind on us to get real good stops. But I think we can with the guys we've got. Uh, they've done it before, and they're good. And uh, you know, I've got all the confidence in the world we can beat them. You seem to go into this race with a lot of confidence. Well, I do. The car runs good here. It, uh, it's been running good here all week. Uh, we messed up qualifying a little bit with the track. Uh, had that stuff coming out of the cracks on the track and got, got a little slippery. But... Uh, 
Other than that, the car's been running real good. We run good in practice yesterday, and I'm ready for it. Dale, I'd know that you'd want to say hello to your old buddy Robert G. A lot of the fellas up and down Pitt Road uh, have said so, too. He's in the hospital down in North Carolina. Well, him and uh, a few other people, too, uh, you know, he, he's been having a real bad time with his eyes, and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully he can get them straightened out and, uh, and get healed up and get back to the doctor and get his eyes fixed. So, uh, you know, good luck to him, but uh, I'd like to say hi to my kids and uh, everybody back home, too. Okay, there's the defending NASCAR Winston Cup champion, ready to go out there and go at them with uh, somewhat of a makeshift pit crew, but these fellas have all done this before, not together, though. Well, the Earnhardt team is not the only team to be beset with problems of people being weathered in or unable to fly with the, the slowdown that's in effect. Uh, Harry Gant's car that will start third here today on the Gabriel 400 is a brand new car built by Tom Pistone, who was up here to oversee qualifying, and he flew home, and he couldn't get back. So he is at home also listening to the Gabriel 400 on the radio, and have to rely on us for account of how his car is doing today. Well, there could be some big shakeups on pit road, having to switch some of the crews around and some other th developments. We'll watch that as the day goes by. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Back in 37th position, shotgun on the field, is J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, in the Bailey Excavation. Pontiac. Starting 36, the car qualified by Mike Potter of Johnson City, but of course Roger Hamby is going to start the car this afternoon. Potter may see some driving chores, but Roger Hamby of Ferguson, North Carolina will start the King's Inn Buick. Starting 35th is Ronnie Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, and the Thomas Racing Pontiac. In row 17, 34th starting position, James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina. He'll be starting the Palatine Auto Parts Racing Pontiac. And 33rd is driver Joe Boer of West Lafayette, Indiana, in the Ulrich Racing Buick. 32nd will go Randy Ogden of Woodward, Oklahoma in the U.S. Automotive Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile. There were only two drivers who failed to make the field here at Michigan. Bob Riley of Norwalk, Connecticut, the Atlantic Interstate Messenger Pontiac, failed to qualify. And the last man bumped was Cecil Gordon of South Hill, Virginia. Cecil will drive the Henley Gray car today that was qualified by Dick May. It's the Belden Asphalt Buick, and it'll start 31st. 30th is Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama in the Broadway Motors Pontiac. 29th in the Uno Oldsmobile, D.K. Ulrich of Harrisburg, North Carolina. 28th starter, Bobby Walwack of Midland, North Carolina, the Louise Smith Special Buick. And a disappointing 27th starting spot for Dave Marcus out of Wausau, Wisconsin, in the Transmissions Unlimited Buick. 26th starter is Tommy Gale of North Huntington, Pennsylvania. He'll start the Sunny King Ford and Honda Ford. In 25th position, and that's something we'll watch this afternoon, as we pointed out when we first came in the air, Tim Richmond from Ashland, Ohio, will have the Kenny Childers Uno Oldsmobile here today. 24 starter Buddy Arrington from Martinsville, Virginia, start the Jim Hills Racing Dodge. 23rd, Richard Childers, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in the Childress Racing Pontiac. 22nd starter Jody Ridley out of Chatsworth, Georgia, and the Trucksmore Sonny King Ford. Ford, and after that's Junie Donlevy's team. 21st starter, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Stratograph Buick. In the 20th starting spot, rookie contender Stan Barrett of Bishop, California, with the Reynolds and Needham Skoll Bandit Pontiac. 19th starter, and again a disappointment in qualifying for Neil Bonnet out of Hueytown, Alabama. The pure later Ford Thunderbird will go 19th. 18th, making his first grand national appearance at Michigan International Speedway in his career, is Indianapolis 500 winner Johnny Rutherford out of Fort Worth, Texas. He'll be driving the Buddy Parrott-prepared Levi Garrett Pontiac. Going 17th, the last winner here at Michigan, he won the champion spark plug 400 in August, Cale Yarborough of Timminsville, South Carolina, has put the Valvoline Buick in the 17th starting spot. 16th position is Kyle Petty of Randomer, North Carolina, the STP Buick. 15th starter, young Ricky Rudd out of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Gatorade Die Guard Buick. 
14th starter is Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, the Florida Equipment and Service Oldsmobile. And starting 13th is driver Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, the Sheraton University in Buick. 12th starter, Richard Petty, starts the STP Buick back in 12th position out of Ranama, North Carolina. And 11th on the grid is young Mike Alexander of Franklin, Tennessee in the Rogers Auto Leasing Buick. Buddy Baker out of Charlotte, North Carolina, has the Haas Ellington prepared machine in position number 10. That's the International Games Uno Buick. Rookie of the Year contender Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, with the Stewart Performance Connection Pontiac, will go ninth. Eighth starter in a fine qualifying run for Bill Elliott out of Dawsonville, Georgia, with the Mel Gear Ford Thunderbird. Going seventh, the defending Winston Cup champion Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, with the Rod Osterland Wrangler Pontiac. And starting sixth is Benny Parsons, racing out of Ellerby, North Carolina, with two wins already on the Winston Cup season. Parsons will go sixth in the Melling Tool Company, Bud Moore Ford Thunderbird. And one of the surprises in qualifying is rookie driver Ron Bouchard, who drives for the Jack Beebe team out of Connecticut. They've taken a couple of weeks off the circuit to regroup and prepare, and it's paid off. They put the Race Hill Farms Buick in fifth qualifying position. Bouchard, a rookie from Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Back in row two in fourth position, Bobby Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, starts the Hardy's Buick. Starting third is Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, in the Skull Bandit Pontiac. Second on the grid will be Joe Milliken of Randomer, North Carolina, the Ray Haley Racing Buick. And on the pole in the Mountain Dew Buick is Darrell Walter for Franklin, Tennessee. And that completes the 37 cars that will start the Gabriel 400 this afternoon. 37 Winston Cup drivers have strapped into their cars. The field just about set to roll off here in just a matter of moments to start the Gabriel 400. The most consistent driver at Michigan over the past season has to be Cale Yarborough. He won the champion Sparkplug 400 in October to back up a runner-up finish in the June race behind Benny Parsons. And it seems there's a remarkable consistency over the last season in finishing positions. Buddy Baker has posted a third and a sixth over the last season. Benny Parsons with his June victory and eighth place finish. Bill Elliott, who drives car number nine, coincidentally finished ninth in both races. Richard Petty, two fifth-place finishes here at Michigan. Kyle Petty has also shown well. Bobby Allison, two top-ten finishes, though not quite up as far in the running order as he would probably have liked. A seventh and an eighth mark his season at Michigan for 1980. And Terry Labonte posted two eleventh-place finishes. And it seems that you can just about go down the line and sort of pick yourself a finish and know who's going to be at the top ten. But you never know where because the competition stays so close to the very end of the races here. I think one thing everybody will be watching here when they drop the green flag will be how quickly that Neil Bonnet works his way up to catch on to the lead draft. Draft is very, very critical here at Michigan, as much so as it is at Talladega or Daytona, where they run speeds in excess of 200 miles an hour. Particularly in the backstretch and down this long front straightaway, see a lot of passing, running three abreast in the corners, and if two cars start working on the leader, they can really give him a fit. Waltrip says the draft is as critical here as it is at Talladega or Daytona. Well, it's it's just that kind of racetrack. Uh, you, this track really complements everybody's race car very well. If you have a car that's uh, got a lot of horsepower and really runs fast up the straightaway, you can utilize that here. If you've got a car that's a little down on horsepower and handles very well, then you can utilize that here. And then if you've got a car that's kind of in between, runs well and handles well, you can keep up via the drafts. So uh, it's a very unique racetrack that, that allows you to uh, take advantage of whatever you got going for you. That's why you'll see guys that sometimes don't qualify very well really run well because they can hang on in the draft. One driver here this weekend that is a serious contender for Champions Park Plug Rookie of the Year honors 
is young Tim Richmond out of Ashland, Ohio, former rookie of the year at the Indianapolis, rookie contender at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. On Monday, he submitted his resignation with the DK Ulrich team and explains why. It's, it's really hard to say. It's a combination of things. Uh, just my feeling about a couple of things that I just thought maybe I could uh, go someplace and, and do a little bit different. And uh, no really, no bad things to say about anybody, just that, you know, I just felt that a move was in the, in the, in the need to be made. And uh, so I, uh, I quit the All Rich Racing team uh, the Monday after Riverside. And now we're with the 12 car, so hopefully they'll work out what they need to work out, and I'll work out what I need to work out. But there's no hard feelings here, and uh, hopefully they do good, and maybe I'll do better, hopefully. DK has been running two and three cars at a number of races this season, and that's believed to be a contributing factor. So Richmond is hooked up with the Kenny Childers, Ken Cole mining car. David Pearson's been in that machine this year. So has Harry Gant. And, in fact, a number of drivers have occupied that seat throughout the last couple of seasons. We asked him if he'll be in the car for the rest of the season. Uh, we're going to try to stick with the 12 car the rest of the year, but we got here a little late, and uh, they've already had some prior commitments to some other drivers, so I really don't know how many races we'll be with them. Uh, hopefully the rest of the year, but uh, as it stands now, they've got some other commitments that they have to look at, so we'll just have to wait and see. It's time for Grandstand Commentary, presenting a very different viewpoint on the running of today's Gabriel 400. With today's thoughts from the Grandstand, here's the executive editor of Grand National Scene Newspaper, Steve Wade. Do you realize that the sport getting the most coverage in the media today isn't even being played? Just what does that mean for the sport of stock car racing? Baseball, the American pastime, is for the moment no longer with us. The players, who can't reach agreement with the owners over something called free agent compensation, packed up their gloves and spikes a week ago and went home. The nation's ballparks are quiet. It logically follows that television, radio, and newspaper coverage of baseball would decrease since the game isn't being played. We should expect to see more coverage of other summer sports, such as professional soccer, golf, tennis, and yes, even Grand National Racing. But it hasn't been that way. TV and radio stations have shied away from extended coverage of stock car racing because they anticipated end to the baseball strike and want to leave the airways open. New newspapers have gone so far as to write lengthy feature articles on ball players, play-by-play -play coverage of minor league games, and even reprint baseball stories from years past. If you're a baseball fan, this is all well and good. But if you're one of many, many racing fans who have long complained of a lack of coverage of your favorite sport, you've got a good gripe. For so long, coverage of stock car racing has been limited primarily to the southeast, where the sport has its roots. Efforts to spread racing across the nation have been made in the form of races in Texas, California, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. There are reports that the stockers will invade other territories in the near future. But the media in these areas hasn't responded. Oh, sure, the race itself gets covered, and maybe a reporter will find his way to Daytona in February, but that's about it. The excuse in the past has been that Grand National Racing isn't all that popular outside the South, and with so many other sports requiring coverage, like baseball, more articles on folks like Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip, and Kale Yarbrough just aren't necessary. Well, they are now. Let's face it, there's got to be limited interest in Carlton Fisk's hobbies, or the fact that Salem, Virginia lost to Durham, North Carolina, 11 to nothing in Carolina League Baseball. It would seem that sports editors and directors would take it upon themselves to give the listeners, viewers, and readers something fresh and different. And that means stock car racing. 
Why shouldn't a sports editor from Detroit say, okay, boys, we're saving a few thousand dollars since the Tigers aren't playing, so why don't one of you go down to Dooley, North Carolina, and write about that Earnhardt character who's supposed to be some sort of racing champion? Why shouldn't a film crew from Pittsburgh Station get down to Level Cross, North Carolina, and show its viewers just how a man who has earned over $4 million in racing lives? Racing stories are virtually endless. Coverage of a race itself provides people with news about a sport that is not only alive and kicking, but growing in popularity every day. So it seems only logical that the media would do its duty. Go ahead and give the people the baseball news, no matter if it's from 1970 or if it's minor league. But also give them more racing now that there's plenty of time and space for it. And if the sports editors and directors can't respond to the obvious, well, then it's up to the fans to make them. This is Steve Wade speaking. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Well, as the field is already on the speedway, taking a couple of warm-up laps, they come by and they get the indication they'll put them under green next time by. There's a take one on the field as the pace car leads them down the front straightaway. To familiarize you with the voices who will be covering the action out of the turns here at Michigan International Speedway this afternoon, first let's go up to turn one and Eli Gold. Well, Barney here, of course, turn one. It's a continuation of the sweeping front straightaway. The cars hit the turn, already turning left. It allows you to drive a little bit deeper into the turn, and actually your drastic turn doesn't happen until you well into turn number two and begin to shuttle down the back straightaway where the draft really takes hold. We'll also watch the fact that with the track being as wide as it is, there are cars who can run down low those who run well in the middle, those who run well high on the racetrack, and nobody is really at a disadvantage to anybody else. So it's a competitive racetrack, 18-degree banking in the turn, 2 degrees on a flat back straightaway. Well, a gentleman who will be working with us the first time here at Michigan this afternoon who works with us on the West Coast at Riverside and formerly in Ontario, California, will be covering the action in 3 and 4, Ted Otto. We'll be bringing the cars out of the back straightaway nearly flat, about a 2-degree banking on the back straight. As they come in to turn 3, they go uphill just a little bit as that turn becomes an 18-degree banking. They come around from the outside of the straightaway, drop down to the inside, but their speed takes them up to the middle of the 18-degree banking. As they come around turn four, they put their foot back down, and it takes them right out against the wall. However, this track is very forgiving, very wide, and there is ample space to pass, and sometimes they come out of turn four three abreast, and we've heard they've even come out of their four abreast. Turn four is all also, the exit to pit road, and they have to make a decision as they come sweeping around that banking. If they're going into the pits, they get a little bit of handful as they have to gather that car up and come down the front straight into pit road instead of going around the big round D and down the front straightaway. The vice president of marketing for the Gabriel Division of the Merrimont Corporation, Bill Steele, is set on the flag stand to drop the green flag. Quickly, let's check with Ned Jarrett. Everything is set here, Mike, for uh, the start of this race and, uh, of course, for the full running of it. Everybody is hoping that it, of course, will be a good, safe race, and certainly we hope so, too. 
Pace car getting ready to dive onto pit road. Let's see if he cuts off this time, and it does. Diving down onto pit road, the field bunches tightly. They're just inches apart. 37 cars ready to go for 400 miles, and you don't even have time to catch your breath in this one once they put them underway. It's kind of like the Firecracker 400 at Daytona. 300 feet in the start-finish line. Darrell Waltrip and Joe Milliken, and they are under green. Quickly, Waltrip gets a jump on the rest of the field and pulls out by two car lengths as they hit turn one. As they scramble it up for second place now, Atari Gant going to the inside of Joe Milliken. The field shuffles up 18 degrees now. It's going to be Gant going to the low side of the racetrack. He's still side-by-side side with Milliken for second, making a move now for fourth place to the high side is going to be Benny Parsons. Drop back to fifth spot now is going to be Bobby Allison. Dale Earnhardt cuts to the inside off turn number two. He holds down sixth. The leader midway down the back shoot, Waltrip. Waltrip is in the lead, but Gant comes right up behind, very, very close behind. Gant getting a by Milliken as they got into turn two. He is drafting right up behind Waltrip now, pushing very, very hard. Milliken in on the outside. For second place, they're going to come across two abreast as Waltrip brings him down the front chute. Here they come to complete the first lap of the Gabriel 400. It's almost going to be a dead heat, but it will be Waltrip by just about a foot over Harry Gant. They're back in one. Harry working well. Goes down low. They'll flank it out three wide right behind the leaders. As they shuffle it now, it's going to be Gant with the advantage. Works to the high side of the racetrack. Gave Benny Parsons the free ride who goes to second. Waltrip is now back to third with Earnhardt going fourth. Bobby Allison working inside the racetrack, holding fifth to ward off a challenge by Joe Milliken. Midway down the back, shoot a challenge for the lead. Here they come, going for the lead down the back straightaway, and Waltrip is trying to hang on, but he can't any longer as it comes around from the outside now, and bringing them around into turn four. Very tight. They're two abreast for second place as they come around that shoot, and they bring them down in single file down the front straight. Benny Parsons leads the Gabriel 400. Harry Gant dives to the low side of the start-finish line. He's looking for the lead, and it's four cars under a blanket to turn one. It's a tight one with Waltrip and Earnhardt there as well, but as they shuffle it off into the turn now, Gant has the lead. The battle for second place. Waltrip works low on the racetrack inside of Benny Parsons. Earnhardt is tightly there in fourth. Then going fifth is Bobby Allison. A cauldron of cars for sixth, including Morgan Shepard, along with Ron Bouchard and Joe Milliken. Neil Bonnet has picked up seven spots in the field. He started back in 20th, or rather in 19th position. He's worked his way up to 12th, up in turn number three, up in front of Ted Otto. Here they come around the turn again for second place. They're running two abreast, and the nose tries to get in there of a third car. That's Dale Earnhardt trying to challenge for second place as the 33 car of Harry Gant, the fastest one, brings him down the shoot. Gant down the line. He's in the lead. Parsons drops back to second. Earnhardt is third, and coming up through the field, there's 10 cars. Trouble and caution track. is on the racetrack out of turn number four, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, appears to have lost either the engine or rear end of the car. A lot of smoke from Wilson's machine. Pace cars coming on the pit road. There'll be a single file restart this time as they get down. Harold Kinder just unfurls the green and they come a digging down to the start finish line. It is Harry Gant at the front of the pack and he gets a jump on the rest of the field. Has four car links on Benny Parsons. Earnhardt is third. Fourth is right now Darrell Walker as they work turn one. It'll be Bobby Allison fifth. Joe Milliken going sixth now as they go up the banking. Holding on to seventh is Morgan Shepard. Ronnie Bouchard is eighth. Buddy Baker is ninth. Neil Bonnet is up to tenth. Everybody this time on the restart going single file. Virtually the entire 36 car field now stringing out through turns one and two. Off the 12-degree banking, flat back straight away on the move. Benny Parsons, he's second, he wants first. No passing yet as they came down to take the green flag. It's still Gant, Parsons, and Earnhardt, followed by Waltrip and Allison. However, Parsons is trying to reel in Gant. He's trying his best to get up to the first place, and he's being followed very closely by Earnhardt as they come down the front straight. Everybody trying to hang on to the lead draft as Gant drags 
come down to the line. Parsons takes a peek on the inside. He's going after the lead in turn one, and Earnhardt is helping him. Dale is right there as those two cars hook up and sweep right by underneath. Harry Gandu is now relegated back to third, holding down behind them single file. But those two cars hooking up, and two cars will work well on one car here at Michigan. Your fourth place runner going lower on the racetrack is Waltrip. Bobby Allison is holding down fifth. Joe Milliken is sixth with a handful there. But your leader is still Benny Parsons backstretch. Parsons and Earnhardt down the back straightaway as they come into three. It looks almost like Earnhardt is pushing Parsons as they come around. Now they separate just a little bit and Earnhardt sizes him up. Looks like he might try the outside. No, he's going to stay behind as Gant, Parsons, or Parsons and Earnhardt lead him down the front chute. Two of the quickest cars in the field right now are Neil Bonnet and Cale Yarborough. They've worked their way up to ninth and tenth position and they're about to get underneath Ronnie Bouchard and go after the eighth spot. Leaders are back in one. As everybody does go by Ronnie Bouchard in that instance, your leader's holding the single file situation now. Two car lanes up is Benny Parsons. Here's Gantz. Harry wants second. Looks to the downside on Neil on Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt holds to the outside retaining wall. Harry is alongside, but it's going to be Earnhardt pulling him well off the turn. Midway down the back straightaway now. Parsons, your leader. As they come down the back street, they're back in single file now as Parsons has everything his way for the moment. But Earnhardt staying very, very close and Gantz still within reeling distance. And Waltrip tries to go down way low on the racetrack and he's challenging for third place as they hit the front chute. The race was back at eighth spot a moment ago. Ron Bouchard came up past Neil Bonnet as Cale Yarborough tried to get a piece of it. They put them three wide for the tenth position. Petty, Rudd, and Terry Labonte as they head for one. Those cars stabilize as they work their way three across the breast now. But as they, everybody singles in, the battle is for third spot. As the cars go side by side, the dominant color is green. Waltrip to the inside of Harry Gant. That's the battle now and being it's shown at this moment with Harry Gant as the edge over Waltrip. Darrell is back to fourth, Bobby fifth. As they come sailing down into turn three again, Parsons still commanding this race, but it's very early. Earnhardt back a little further than he was a lap ago. And Waltrip again diving down to the inside, trying to get by Gant as they get into the front chute. Coming back down the line, Benny Parsons really the class of the field right now. Nobody's been able to reel him in. He's about ten car lengths ahead of Earnhardt. The rest of the field drafting along. And now moving up a notch, heading down into turn number one, is Waltrip. As Waltrip works to the inside of Harry Gant, he tries to wrestle third place away and using the low side of the racetrack does. So Benny Parsons is your leader. Sponsored by a local Jackson, Michigan firm, Melling Tool. It's Dale Earnhardt going second. And now that ongoing battle between Waltrip and Harry Gant, currently led by Waltrip, Bobby Allison, fifth. It looks like Parsons is putting another edge on him as he comes into third. He has another two-car length than he did the lap before, and that's two more from a lap back before that. Right now, Parsons seems to have everything going his way. Earnhardt still staying in there close, and Waltrip taking a look at them on the inside there in the front of it, front straight. And behind them, tremendous battle for ninth spot ongoing. In it now, Joe Milliken, Ron Bouchard, Buddy Baker, Ricky Rudd, and Morgan Shepard have traded that position back and forth about five times in the last two laps. Those cars continue to battle themselves with Richard Petty watching likewise Labonte, but as they stabilize the battle for second place, Earnhardt goes high, opens the door, and Waltrip goes inside. But now, here comes Earnhardt. He's shown to be strong off the turn and again pulls back to second place. Waltrip. Whoa, trouble out of turn Wait. number two. One car spinning as it tagged the wall and slides sideways. Johnny Rutherford in the Levi Garrett entry comes to a rest now on the grassy apron. He spins the car on the grass, has it pointed in the right direction, and again it loops it around. So Johnny Rutherford brings out the second caution in a spinoff turn number two. 
That's the second caution of the afternoon, and it comes out on lap number 12. They race back to the line. Benny Parsons gets the yellow flag. Earnhardt will be second. Waltrip third. Bobby Allison nips Harry Gant for fourth. Yarborough will be sixth. Seventh to Neil Bonnet. Eighth is Joe Milliken. Ninth is Ron Bouchard. Tenth is Ricky Rudd. In the 11th spot would be Buddy Baker. Morgan Shepard is 12th. Richard Petty is 13th. 14th is the Terry Labonte automobile. 15th would be the number nine car for Bill Elliott. In the 16th spot is Kyle Petty. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. We are under green as Harold Kinder drops the flag. They come down the line and all the way down to the apron of the racetrack trying to move up with car number 88, Ricky Rudd. There's a mad shuffle up front for the lead in turn one. It's Earnhardt inside of Yarbrough. Nobody's giving it in, but Earnhardt going to the low side has the lead. Yarbrough holding tight into the second spot, going a bit higher. Waltrip is up to third now as they string it out three wide in some instances. Going fourth is Bobby Adelson. Neil Bonnet up to fifth. Sixth place for Ronnie Bouchard. Seventh now for Ricky Rudd. Buddy Baker moving up to eighth. Midway down the back battle for the lead. Yarborough is putting the pressure on Earnhardt as he comes down to the inside of the racetrack in turn three. He's got his nose around on the inside. Earnhardt does not want to have anything to do with that. He accelerates around the outside. They're two abreast as they enter the front chute. This is a hard race to watch. The race is so good all the way back through the field. You can't keep your eye off the lead or the back of the pack. They come down to the line. Dead heat for the line this time. It'll be Earnhardt by a foot. Yarborough still door to door as they hit one. Shale has worked well in the middle groove. He'll try it again with Earnhardt going a bit higher. But this time Earnhardt says no. I'll stay right with you. He swings down off the high side of the banking. Sneaks the nose of the car in front of Kale for the lead. But here comes Yarborough right back low on the racetrack. Off the turn it's still side by side. Yarborough to the inside. Waltrip or at least Earnhardt to the outside. Waltrip battling with Bobby Allison and Parsons for third. It looks like Allison is moving into third place as they enter turn three. They're really tight as they come in as Earnhardt tries desperately to hold on to his lead and Yarborough down to the inside and in between them comes Allison as they enter the front straightaway. There are 11 cars in the lead draft and either one the next time by could be the leader but Earnhardt trying to get some separation on the rest of the field and as Bobby Allison gets beside Cale Yarborough take over second spot it allows Earnhardt a little breathing room they're back in one. Bobby Allison hooking up with Neil Bonnet those two cars together work on Kale Yarborough and get by him so Kale is back to fourth now your leader is Earnhardt up by two car lanes over Allison in second Neil Bonnet up the third Yarborough is going fourth holding well Ronnie Bouchard in fifth Waltrip sixth Baker seventh Parsons eighth Richard Petty is ninth Waltrip not able to hang on as they got into that mess coming at us now in the lead coming to us is the two car trying to get around Earnhardt trying to keep 28 Allison away from him Earnhardt is way to the outside of the racetrack and Allison is in the groove and here they come down the front chute. Dale Earnhardt continues to extend his lead and now sits at eight car lengths. Bobby Allison is second, but Neil Bonnet and Cale Yarborough are locked in a tight draft trying to run down Allison. Waltrip has the fifth spot. Benny Parsons is sixth. Richard Petty is seventh. Ron Bouchard runs eighth. Ninth is Buddy Baker. And tenth is Morgan Shepard. Ricky Rudd has the eleventh position. 
12th is Harry Gant, 13th Terry Labonte, Kyle Petty is 14th, 15th is Jody Ridley, and would you believe they're all in the lead draft? Dale Earnhardt has a 15-car separation on Darrell Waltrip, the rest of the field trying to chase him in turn three. As they come into turn three, a real lead by Earnhardt, but Waltrip leads the rest of the pack as Petty has now moved up into sixth place, and he's on the outside as they come down the front straightaway. Fifteen cars are in that lead draft, and they are all running almost equally. As they come to the line, Earnhardt again by 15 car lengths. Waltrip is second. Bobby Allison rides third. Bonnet is fourth. They're back in one. Dale Yarbrough goes fifth. Richard Petty holding on now to his sixth spot. Benny Parsons is going seventh. Going eight now is Ricky Rudd. Buddy Baker is ninth. Then Harry Gant tenth. Ronnie Bouchard eleventh. Going twelfth. Morgan Shepard. Your leader's still holding it at least as far as the front five or six. Single file off the turn. Still the comfortable edge for Earnhardt. He's midway down the back stretch. Earnhardt has a very comfortable lead over the rest of the pack. But from third position trying to challenge is Allison. Allison trying to reel in Waltrip as they come into three. They stay in the groove as Earnhardt, going faster, is way up against the wall as he comes down now, trying to run away down the front straight. Earnhardt trying to get away from the field. Let's go to the garage and Ed Jarrett. Goodbye with Bill Elliott, who had to park his belly to Ford number nine. Bill, it looked like he might be able to get back in, but the damage was too severe. Yeah, Ned, whenever the 37s spun out in front of me, I come down and hit the inside wall and did a good bit of damage to my car. What really happened? What started it there? The boy in the 37 just turned sideways, and I nailed him right in the side. Well, I know you're disappointed right here at your sponsor's hometown. Very, because the car was running good enough that I was just waiting it out, and the car was running super good. Well, better luck next time around. Thank you, Ned. Up in turn number three, Earnhardt's lead has been cut to perhaps ten car lengths. This time, Waltrip is the pursuer. The battle is behind him. Yarborough runs third, while Neil Bonnet and Bobby Allison look to do a little bit of fender flailing up in the fourth corner as they battle for fourth spot. Benny Parsons locked onto the bumper of Neil Bonnet's car for sixth. Richard Petty, seventh. They go to turn one. Well, that battle for fourth place of Hueytown, Neil Bonnet gets by Bobby Allison with the help of Benny Parsons. Those two cars hooking up to go by Bobby. Likewise, Richard Petty goes by, so Bobby Allison dropping back into seventh. Off turn number two. Your leader is Earnhardt. Then closing in tightly to three car lanes down is Waltrip. Going third, Yarborough and watching. As they come into turn three, the lead is uh, dwindling here as Earnhardt is being challenged by Waltrip. Waltrip right up on the back bumper. Earnhardt again goes to the high side of the racetrack. Waltrip down low. Waltrip looks like he may have the advantage. He's taken the low groove and may take the lead as they come down the front straightaway. Waltrip will draft up alongside whether he's going to lead this lap. He won't. Earnhardt comes charging back and shows a big display of horsepower. Hangs onto the lead back in one. At this time, as those two cars stabilize to the lead, the battle is now for fourth place as Benny Parsons works to the inside of Neil Bonnet. What a challenge to the lead. Waltrip underneath Earnhardt. He sweeps effortlessly down the banking, then floats back in front with the edge. So Earnhardt now relegated back to second place by Waltrip. Yarborough is third, and Benny Parsons holding off Neil Bonnet for fourth and fifth. And Earnhardt is not through. Earnhardt right back on the bumper of Waltrip. Again, Earnhardt looks like he's going to take the high groove. Earnhardt seems to like to go high down here between three and four. He loses a little bit of ground, though, as Waltrip still maintains the lead as they come down the front straightaway. Handle has gone away a little bit on the Wrangler machine as he's having to run a higher groove up in three and four. That's Waltrip's strong suit. He pins it right to the bottom of the racetrack. Cale Yarborough hangs on to third. Parsons is fourth. Fifth is Neil Bonnet. The battle is for sixth. Richard Petty tried to work to the high 
side of Neil Bonnet for sixth place. In turn number one, Neil stays low to the side. And as Bobby Adelson also fends off the challenge of Richard Petty, it stabilizes again. Your leader is going to be Walchip with Earnhardt going second. Yarborough back to third. Fourth for Benny Parsons, then Neil Bonnet, Bobby Adelson, and Richard Petty. Waltrip has more of an advantage as he comes into turn three this time. Earnhardt not quite as close to him as he was on the last lap. And running very, very close is Yarborough right behind. Yarborough trying to get down on the inside for second place as they are two abreast coming into the front chute. The front three are just about a car length apart. The battle is for the number two spot as they come to the line. Cale's going to get it. Earnhardt comes charging back, and he will hang on to the second spot, but they're still door-to-door in turn one. Earnhardt works well to the high side in turn number one. That's where the groove is, but Yarborough stays down low, and Cale flexes the muscles on the Valvoline entry, and he leaves Earnhardt in his dust. So Cale comfortably now in second by two car lengths, if you'd like to call that comfortable. Earnhardt is back to third. Fourth place, Buddy Parsons and Neil Bonnet fifth. Bobby Allison sixth. Waltrip still with the lead coming in here now. He has expanded his lead even more as he comes into turn three. Not so much of a challenge. The 27 car of Yarborough is next to him. Coming down very low this time is Waltrip. Down almost off the groove. Down to the inside of the track as he brings him down the front straight. Well, once they sorted the pack out, Waltrip wasted no time in breaking away and opening up this 15 car length margin. Field is back in turn three. As they come sailing into turn three again, it's still the same pack with the leader coming through first place as Waltrip seeming to control this race. Right behind him, Yarborough, Parsons, Earnhardt, and Bonnet as they come down the front two. And there's a good battle going on for eight spot as that pack of traffic comes across the start-finish line. Harry Gant is eighth. Buddy Baker rides about a half a car length back. And then behind him as they scoot into turn number one is Ricky Rudd. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers, the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defying 31-degree banks like this one on Turn 4 in Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. 45 laps are complete of the Gabriel 400 to the 200 that make it up this afternoon. Benny Parsons has threaded his way up to the second spot, and Parsons has had a quick car here this afternoon. He's reeling in the leader, Waltrip in turn one. He is doing that. He blew by Kale Yarborough moments ago as though Kale had been standing still, though Yarborough is right back on Benny's tail. So midway now between turns one and two, your leader is still Darrell Waltrip, down by five car lanes. The combination of Benny Parsons and Kale Yarborough off the turn. Those three cars shoot down the back straightaway, heading to turn three. A real Challenge from Yarborough on the back of Parsons now as they enter the turn. Yarborough taking a look, trying to decide whether to stay in the groove or not. Parsons going high just a little bit. Looks like Yarborough might try to sneak underneath. They're racing for second and third position. They're coming down now. Waltrip's going to be caught in some of the lapped automobiles. He'll have to thread his way and make sure he takes the right groove as he moves around D.K. Ulrich's car at the start-finish line. He has to come out of the throttle a little bit, and the interval between first, second, and third tightens up even more. It's nothing there as they go by Cecil Gordon and likewise by Mike Alexander. Waltrip is the leader now in Benny Parsons going second, Yarborough going third. A pretty good battle further back. Fourth place, Bobby Allison. Fifth, Neil Bonnet. Sixth, Richard Petty. They are nose to tail. Leader midway down the back shoot, Earnhardt up by four car lengths. The slower traffic moves to the inside of the racetrack as the leaders come around the outside and come into the turn with Waltrip still commanding this race. Parsons holding on to second, but Yarborough pushing very, very close. He's almost touching the rear of Parsons' car. Those two cars drafting tightly are beginning to get 
gain ground on Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip, the pole sitter at 160 miles an hour. Very strong in the Junior Johnson car, but the drafting duo of Parsons and Yarborough are reeling him in. It's down to about three car lengths now as they attack the banking of turn number one. How does it stabilize us at that instance? It's going to be those cars, the chasing automobiles of Benny Parsons and Cale Yarbrough taking virtually identical lines to that of Darrell Waltrip. The cars come off the turn. It's again backed up to about four to five car lanes as Waltrip works well off the turn and on the back stretch. There are no cars in front of them now. The racers have no one but an empty track in front of them, but the 27 car of Yarbrough again trying to close in on Parsons. Parsons trying to hold him off for second place as Waltrip, Parsons, and Yarbrough bring him around again. They're going after the lead in turn one. Benny goes to the inside of Waltrip. Yarbrough follows suit. They each pull by, so they reshuffle. Parsons, the leader. Yarbrough, second. Waltrip is back to third. That quickly it happened at Michigan. As those two cars of Parsons and Yarbrough work, but here comes Waltrip. He wants second place right back. Off turn number two. He cuts to the inside of Cale Yarbrough. Cale pulling him down the back straightaway, but now they're side by side to turn three. Parsons has an advantage coming down before second place. Waltrip trying to get by Yarbrough. Yarbrough won't let him. Waltrip has to drop back as they come into the line. Parsons brings them through. Yarbrough is second, and Waltrip has to be settled for third on this lap. Well, Waltrip's 20-car lake lead quickly evaporated within the space of four or five laps. Now he's running third behind Parsons and Yarborough. It's about three seconds back to the fourth-place car. That's Bobby Allison, who has just worked his way around Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Harry Gant is seventh. Dale Earnhardt is eighth down at turn one. Those cars, everybody with their private battles right here. Nobody making a move this time by. Your leadership stabilized. Benny Parsons, Yarborough behind him. Then comes Waltrip. Fourth place, Allison, still with Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty. And then on back to seventh place and eighth place with Gant and Earnhardt. Two groups of three come at us, but the leader, Parsons, has a challenge from Yarborough. Yarborough puts his nose down on the inside. Parsons stays right in the groove. Yarborough working on him very heavily, and Waltrip is in third. Good low trouble coming out of turn number four. Getting a little bit sideways was Cale Yarborough. The rear end almost came out from under that car. He's going to lose a little ground as he drops a little further back in that third spot. Battle for fourth is a hot one right now between Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet, and Richard Petty. It's back in one. They try and stack it up each time through the turn. This time they deploy with Bobby going downstairs. Neil taking a middle groove. Richard a bit higher. But as they equalize off the turn, and this track does seem to be an equalizer, they all come out single file again off the banking. Down the back straightaway, your leader still, Benny Parsons, up by three car lanes over Waltrip. Parsons not seeming to have any problems yet, but Waltrip looking at him very carefully as they come into this turn. Parsons stays right in the center of the groove. Waltrip goes down low. They're going to catch some slower traffic as they come out of four. And one of the cars that they're coming up on is Ron Bouchard in car number 47, who had been running with the leaders, but he just made a pit stop two laps ago, and it was a scheduled pit stop. He did not stop during any of the caution flags, as everybody else did. We wonder about that strategy, but at least right now, he's still in the lead lane. Two cars have been retired from the garage area recently. They are the car number 18 of Randy Hodgkin, the Piedmont Airlines car, and the car number 94 of Bobby Walway field in the middle of the back straightaway. It continues to be Benny Parsons. He's being chased by Waltrip, and they have opened up a healthy separation of perhaps a second to two seconds on Cale Yarbrough. The rear end looked like it just came out from under that car, and that could be one of the things we're talking about, about some of the cracks in the speedway that they had put the sealer in. Might be bleeding out a little bit, and he just hit it for that split second and let the rear end come around. But he did get it back straight, and he's running right along at full song right now. No problem. He just lost about 25 to 30 car lengths. Here comes the battle for fourth, and it's a hot one. Door to 
door again between Neil Bonnet and Bobby Allison and Harry Gant. He's going to make a sandwich out of them down in turn one. Three wide, Gant downstairs, Neil Bonnet in the middle, Bobby Allison to the high side, and it's Gant off the low groove, taking over fourth spot. Neil Bonnet trying to stay low on the racetrack. He has fifth. Bobby Allison is up to sixth. Now side by side, seventh place, Richard Petty, and eighth place, Earnhardt. That's the battle we watch. Seventh place inside is Petty, eighth to the outside is Earnhardt. The leaders come down into turn three, but the real battle is back for fourth, fifth, and sixth as Gant brings them into the straightaway. And now here's Bonnet right behind him and Allison. They're all tucked in, one behind each other as they get through turns three and four. Well, those five cars stabilize for just a bit as they see the leaders spreading away. They lock up again in a single file draft. In fourth is Gant. Fifth is Bonnet. Allison is sixth. Seventh is Earnhardt. And eighth is Petty. We are 54 laps, 108 miles into the Gabriel 400. 57 laps now on the board, 114 miles. Mike Alexander is in the pits. The rookie contender has the hood up on the Rogers auto leasing machine, and Jimmy Means heads on pit road as well. It's been Benny Parsons for the last 20 laps. He is doing a number on the field, picking his way through traffic, and right now he's opened up quite a lead on the third, fourth, and fifth place car, about six and a half seconds. Here he comes down to the line. He's just put Ron Bouchard a lap down as he scooted around him. It is about a second and a half back now to Cale Yarborough, who rides second. Third is Waltrip. The fourth place car is Neil Bonnet. Fifth is Gant. Sixth is the Wrangler machine of Earnhardt. Seventh is Richard Petty. And in eighth position is Bobby Allison. Ned Jarrett is working his way into the garage area right now. Young Mike Alexander, they've pushed his car behind the wall. He'll have a chance to chat with him in a moment. One car we neglected in that rundown of 50 laps was Ron Bouchard. He was posted in the 22nd position, just about to go a lap down. He was one of the cars that did not pit during any of the cautions, as Ned explained, and just made his scheduled pit stop at the 50-lap mark. If they stay under green, he'll have a good chance to get back on the lead lap when the leaders do pit, but that's not coming up for some time. Well, they won't be too far away because they pitted under that caution most of the leaders on lap 23 or somewhere in that range. We'll check that out in a moment. As they come back across the line, Bouchard has latched onto the leader, Benny Parsons, and hangs onto the draft. He's about a half a car length back, and Eli, he wants to stay in striking distance. He's going to try and stay there, maybe try and get his lap back, and of course, Bouchard, a qualified fifth, is not a car that uh, can be taken all that lightly, so those two cars hooking up together is a definite shot in the arm for Benny Parsons also, because he's getting an extra help around the racetrack. Parsons down the back straightaway right now, has opened up the biggest lead of the afternoon that anybody has had over the rest of the field. He is about a second and a half, maybe a little more so, over Cale Yarborough, as right now Waltrip is tucked in behind Yarborough instead of running door to door and allow Parsons to get away even more. Benny Parsons has built that advantage to 1.8 seconds. Yarborough and Waltrip are not running that close together. They're getting some benefit of each other's draft, and now they begin to close up just a bit as they are now almost two seconds behind Benny Parsons. About another three seconds back would come the next cars in line. In fourth spot, Neil Bonnet. He's got a tight draft going with Harry Gadd in fifth. Earnhardt is sixth as they go to turn one. Richard Petty is right there holding down a seventh spot. Then the Hardy special for Bobby Allison is there in eighth. But as those cars take their own line... Basically, everyone takes the middle groove, barring Earnhardt, who again rim rides his way around. It's that battle of everybody trying to chase down the leaders, and Benny Parsons has his way right now. Parsons going around some slower traffic now, and Bouchard trying to stay right behind him, trying to use his draft, going around a little to the outside now as they come sailing around, and it looks as if Parsons may be going to pit. Benny Parsons.
Parsons will be the first of the front runners to make his appearance on pit road, and that should be a scheduled pit stop because they last made, all the front runners made their pit stops at about lap number 12. So they would go around 40 to 45 laps here. Here comes Neil Bonnet on the pit road. Let's go to the garage in Ned Jarrett. Well, Barney, the Ford products normally don't get quite as good a gas mileage as the General Motors, and I'm sure that's why the Fords are coming in first. But as you said, they are scheduled pit stops. We're waiting for Mike Alexander to get out of his car so that he can uh, we can get him in our range. Here he is right now. Mike, what went wrong with the car? Well, the car was in and well. We uh, got tangled up with Bill Elliott right at first, but it's the same old thing. They had motor trouble again. Now, the last seven or eight races, we've had nine motors to blow up to this weekend, so, you know, it's, we're just going to have to get together and, and get our P's and Q's together or, or stay at home, one of the two, because, uh, you know, it's costing a lot of money for Bob Rogers and the Rogers Racing Team are doing too good of a job to keep having motor trouble, but I don't know, I'm coming home and, and like to tell uh, Mr. Rogers and them hello, because they're sitting home le- re- listening to the race, but everybody in Franklin, and um, we're going to do better next time. Okay, there's a fellow with disappointment in his voice, but also optimism about the future. The Benny Parsons pit stop was a break for Ron Bouchard. It puts him back on the lead lap. Darrell Waltrip in and out. Junior Johnson's Mountain Dew crew giving Waltrip gas and right side tires in a quick stop. Here's the Mason-Dixon 500 winner, Jody Ridley, last year's champion spark plug rookie of the year. He's on pit road along with Waltrip, and that leaves among lead pack. Cale Yarbrough out in front. Harry Gant riding in the second spot. Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty, and Bobby Allison score the front five, and they're all up in turn number three. We have one car smoking in turn number one as the rest to the field goes down to the low side. Joe Milliken, who started outside of row number one, smokes as he takes the car high on the racetrack, keeps it pointed in the right direction. The rest of the field goes by. And Earnhardt is in the pits. The Wrangler team goes to work. Cale Yarborough, the MC Anderson, David Iftrew giving him right side tires. Here's Morgan Shepard on pit road, and we remain under green despite the smoke up in turn one and two for Joe Milliken's car. All these pit stops continue to we be made under the green flag. We have the turn number two area. One of the petty automobiles, that's Kyle, has the car break loose. Here comes traffic. Kyle steps on the binders. Cecil Gordon goes around one way. Other cars go down low, and Kyle Petty, after a wild spin, has the car pointed in the right direction, but it will bring out a caution flag. That Caught will be the fourth one. Caught on pit road is Morgan Shepard. He's going to have to work to beat the pace car off. They were making their pit stop under the green. And now Shepard comes up to speed as the pace car waits for the leaders. Shepard ducks below, and he will get by and back with the pack, and thus will be able to stay on the lead lap. We're under the fourth caution of the afternoon. Coming out here on lap 65, Joe Milliken lost an engine, and Kyle Petty ended up shortly thereafter spinning up between turns number one and two. It's the fourth caution of the afternoon. Pace car is on pit road, two rows as they get ready to come out of turn number four. Harold Kinder with a green in hand has not displayed it yet. They're almost out of the number four corner, about 400 yards away, and now Harold puts them under green as they come a-digging down to the line. Neil Bonnet trying to stay in the lead lap. He's just ahead of the leader right now. Harry Gant as they shuffle off into turn number one. It's going to be Harry Gant holding right in behind Neil Bonnet. Now as they jumble it up, there's no place for anybody to pull out because the cars are two and three wide. So as they shuffle it up into the banking this first time on the Start. It's going to be Harry Gant showing as your leader. Here comes Earnhardt moving up quickly to the outside of Ricky Rudd. That is now the battle for second place. Still Neil Bonnet, the tail end of the lead lap. Here's the Earnhardt move. He sweeps by Rudd and now to the third turn area. Earnhardt trying to put on a real challenge here in the restart. He's coming a little bit high, trying to follow Bonnet around. Bonnet does not want Earnhardt to get past him. He's got to stay in this lead as they come sailing around now. And it's Bonnet in second place as they come down the ship. 
field really jumble. Back in the pack trying to catch up to the leader. Gant pulls him across the start finish line. Neil Bonnet tries to draft underneath him to get back in the lead lap as they hit turn number one. Here comes Earnhardt. He's going after a piece of the lead. It'll be three wide and Earnhardt down low has a piece of the lead. He moves by Gant, moves by Bonnet. So Neil Bonnet now is showing as a lap down. Here comes Gant. He moves underneath Neil Bonnet as well. But Neil trying to stay right there. Does not want to get too far down. He'll give a handful of a battle to your second place runner at this point. That being Harry Gant. Meanwhile, Yarbrough and Rudd battle for third. Earnhardt brings him down into three. It's Earnhardt leading uh, the 21 car of Bonnet as they come sailing into this turn. And then Gant is the third place car. But that's not the position in the race as they get through four. Field coming back to the line. Let's set them for you. Earnhardt has taken the lead. He chomped it away from Harry Gant, and now he has opened up about a seven-car separation on Cale Yarborough, who's worked his way up to second. Gant has fallen back to third as they hit turn one. Ricky Rudd is going to hold fourth spot in the single-file parade. Then comes Richard Petty going in fifth. Going in sixth at this point is Benny Parsons, and on back the line, Buddy Baker seventh. Here's Richard Petty. He works to the inside now and sweeps the position away from Ricky Rudd. So, down the back stretch. Earnhardt showing as the leader. Yarbrough second, sandwiched between Bonnet, a lap down. As they come sailing into three, it's still Earnhardt trying to run away from the pack, but Bonnet trying to stay in there very, very close as he does not want to stay a lap down. He's got to catch up. Is going low on the track as the 27 car of Yarborough out of four. Earnhardt takes a run at the lead. Coming up underneath, Dale Earnhardt. It's, this is Yarborough. Bottom of the racetrack, the black, white, and red trim. Oldsmobile over 27. Looks for the lead at turn one. Kale has to work here because Bonnet is hooked up together to join Earnhardt and try and keep him at the point, but Kale goes down low on the racetrack. He's drawn alongside Neil Bonnet. Earnhardt goes high. Yarbrough says thank you and I'll take it downstairs and does. So the Valvoline entry puts the nose in front of Dale Earnhardt coming off turn two. But Earnhardt turns up the wick midway down the back straightaway. A battle for the lead. Earnhardt leads them as they come into the turn as Yarbrough had a real challenge on him is now looking for the inside of the track. Earnhardt still staying a little bit high in the groove. Yarbrough trying to dive down a little bit low. They're going to drag race as they exit out of four. Six cars in that lead draft, and they're in the same lap. Actually, there are eight cars in it. A couple of them are a lap down. The battle is a hot one for the lead. Here they come to the line. Earnhardt by a half a car length over Cale Yarborough. Gantz worked his way back up to third spot. He may try to get the lead in one. Harry's watching as he is tucked in behind Cale Yarborough. Earnhardt goes to the high side. Cale Yarborough takes the advantage, cements the lead. Here comes Gantz. He'll work inside of Earnhardt, but again, Dale is strong right here as they come off turn number two. Earnhardt steps on the button, pulls away from Harry Gantz, but is still in arrears to Kale Yarbrough as they work to turn three. Yarbrough brings him in this time, and it's Earnhardt running in second place with Harry Gant stalking right in behind. And it's Petty right behind them as Richard Petty has moved up toward the front of this pack. He's in fourth position now as they go into turn four. On the bottom of the track is Yarbrough, and way up high, dusting the track up near the wall, is Earnhardt. Two very distinctly different lines through turn four, and Kale has a lead of half a car length of turn number one. Earnhardt will mix it up. He'll try to go downstairs. That was a surprise move, and it paid off. He has the lead from Cale Yarbrough, because Earnhardt has not been able to work well down low. This time he did, so Cale is in second, and now feels the heat from Harry Gant in third. Gant tries to put the car a bit to the inside of Yarbrough off turn two. Nothing there, so they'll shuffle it up off the turn. Yarbrough for the lead, inside of Earnhardt on the back stretch. They're side by side as they come down the back chute. Uh, Yarbrough pulls a little bit forward. He's got the nose 
uh, beyond the number two car of Earnhardt. He's on the low groove as Earnhardt continues to go high between three and four. In the high groove, it's Earnhardt. In the low groove, it's Yarborough. An unscheduled pit stop for Benny Parsons. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. It is an unscheduled pit stop. They're going to the right side to change tires. Apparently, Parsons has run over something and cut a tire down. A tough break here for the Melling 2 Ford. had been running so good here this afternoon. They'll try to get him out and stay in the lead lap. He's already down and away. He will not lose a lap, but it's going to cost him a lot of ground, and bad luck continues to plague the Bud Moore Melling Tool Team. Leader is coming out of turn number four, Earnhardt. A strong display of horsepower and handling here at Michigan this afternoon. He's running the kind of race he likes to run, and this is his kind of track. He's four car lengths ahead of Cale Yarbrough and Harry Gant back in one. It reminds you the way Earnhardt ran in Texas a couple of weeks ago, right up there near the point and just hounding away. Yarbrough is holding down in second spot. Harry Gant is going third. Richard Petty is fourth. Morgan Shepard's car is dicing it up with Neil Bonnet and Lake Speed as those cars are also among the cars with the lead draft. Midway down the back straightaway. Earnhardt, the leader, right there. Nose to tail, Yarborough. Earnhardt brings him in, but very, very close is Yarborough. Yarborough right up on the back bumper now. Staying in the draft. Very, very tight. Harry Gant right in close behind. It's about a three-car distance back to Richard Petty. And Bonnet tries to get down on the inside of Petty. They come out with Earnhardt bringing him out. Three cars tied together, racing for the lead. Earnhardt, Yarborough, and Gant are tightly tied together coming past the start finish line, and they've linked up in a good draft down at turn one. They're trying to pull away because the last few times by, everybody's been making the move. Yarborough makes a move. Earnhardt, Harry Gant this time. They'll say, forget the triangles and the side-by-sides, and let's put some distance here. So everybody hooks up those three cars, virtually nose to tail, this time off turn number two. Then comes the car sandwiched in between. That's going to be the Morgan Shepard car down a lap, and then Richard Petty. He's still feeling the heat from Neil Bonnet watching. Earnhardt brings him into the turn. It's again Yarborough stalking. Yarborough down to the inside now, trying it again. Earnhardt continues to go high between three and four, letting Yarborough get the door open as he comes to the low side out of four. So many times this year we've seen what we call weird grooves, so to speak, in the corners. A guy runs where he's not really supposed to and make any time, but it's worked. It did it at Dover. We saw it at Texas and some of the other places. Earnhardt just wearing the field out right now. Everybody's took a shot at him, but nobody's been able to do anything with him. He still needs... Yes, Ned, go ahead. Uh, Steve Burke with the Western Racing Team is our helper here this afternoon. He ran down to Bud Moore's pits, and they did indeed cut a tire on Benny Parsons' car. He got back out. Right now, he's running about 10 seconds in front of the leader, so he's in no danger of being left right now, but he's going to have to keep going as hard as they're racing back there for the lead to keep himself in that lead lap and hope for another caution. Leaders are up in turn three. As they come into three, it's still Dale Earnhardt with the lead. He has a very close challenge from Cale Yarborough, and this time Yarborough goes up against the wall with Earnhardt. Both of them try the high side now. Maybe Yarborough will see if he can get some more speed up there. Well, it worked for Earnhardt. Why shouldn't it work for Cale? He tries to find out and stays right with Earnhardt coming off the turn, and more importantly, stays in that tight draft as they try to make a little daylight on Harry Gant. Those are the top three cars. Earnhardt, Yarborough, and Gant. The fourth place machine belongs to Richard Petty. In fifth is Ricky Rudd. In the sixth spot, that would be the Benny Parsons automobile just prior to his pit stop. That'll move Bobby Allison up to sixth. Ron Bouchard is seventh. Eighth place car is that of Jody Ridley. Dave Marcus is ninth. In tenth is Buddy Arrington. And in eleventh would be the Terry Labonte car. And those are all the machines that are on the lead lap. 
Well, Richard Petty is about three and a half seconds behind the front runners in the STP Buick and Petty, who usually just cools it here at Michigan International Speedway. He'll ride along at the lead lap, but if he's around at the end, he'll make his charge to the front. Front threesome back to the line, about a car length separate first, second, and third. It is Earnhardt still in front, Kale riding second, Gant is third. They're back in one. And this time, as they were doing in turn three and four here in one and two, Yarbrough and Gant are taking the line that is being set by Dale Earnhardt. As a matter of fact, Harry Gant is in a line that is not all that unfamiliar to him. He likes to ride higher. Now off turn two. Here's Yarbrough. He wants the lead, but that's the strong point for Earnhardt. Dale turns up the wick. He tries to weather the challenge towards turn three. Earnhardt has to go for a little more as he comes down the back straightaway. He's on the outside. Yarbrough was on the inside. Yarbrough had his nose around Earnhardt, but Earnhardt, again, very high on the racetrack. This time, Yarbrough stays down low. Yarbrough trying to outdrag Earnhardt out of four. As they come out of the corner, Kale cut all the way across the racetrack in front of both Earnhardt and Gannon had the lead for a moment, and then Earnhardt comes right back and takes it. They're back in one. This time, Harry Gant tucks in the third behind Yarbrough and Earnhardt, your leader. And this time, as they work by race traffic, nobody makes a move. Going by Joe Boer, likewise Ronnie Thomas and Jimmy Means. Your leaders squeeze up against an outside retaining wall, and coming off the turn, Yarbrough peeks to the inside. Obviously nothing there with race traffic. Earnhardt, though, has his rearview mirror filled with Yarbrough. As the slower traffic moves over to the inside of the racetrack now, and let's Earnhardt come by, and right on his tail is Yarbrough, and right behind him is Harry Gant. Again, Earnhardt right up against the wall, and Yarbrough trying to get down inside. Yarbrough trying to find a faster groove at the bottom of the racetrack. More than 60,000 race fans are getting their nickels worth here this afternoon at Michigan International Speedway. Some of the best racing we've seen this year going on right now between Dale Earnhardt, Cale Yarbrough, and Harry Gant as they've been swapping that lead back and forth. They're back in one. Your leaders go rip-riding through the turn, then cut down just a bit towards a semi-high groove, and here's Yarbrough. He stays there when Earnhardt goes up high. So off turn number two. Kale has it to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Side by side, not an inch between the two cars. Off the turn. Earnhardt to the outside. Yarbrough to the inside. Still a side-by-side battle. It's a drag race as they come into three, and it's Yarbrough with a little bit of a nose. He drops to the inside now. He tried the outside. He apparently thinks the inside is a little bit faster. Earnhardt up tight against the wall. Yarbrough down low. They're catching slower traffic as they come down the front chute. Kale again makes that crazy maneuver, scoots out in front of Earnhardt. Earnhardt says, hey, let's do it again, and he dives down to the bottom of the racetrack and rides door to door on him for the lead, and it's a drag race to one as to who's going to lead this one. Earnhardt has it to the low side. Kale Yarbrough is there to the high side. Harry Gant is watching. Roger Happy, Cecil Gordon, and James Hilton's automobiles are straight ahead, so your leaders single it out, but no, says Yarbrough. I'll take a move to the inside as he dives surprisingly off turn number two to the inside of Earnhardt, and now with race traffic, they'll squeeze three wide down the back stretch. Not too much room as they come sailing by the slower traffic and as they get in here again, Earnhardt seems to out-accelerate. They are side by side with Yarborough down low. Earnhardt up high. One more car to pass. They're going to sandwich that car as they exit turn four. It's James Hilton and they just sweep by Hilton and leaves him standing there. It'll be Yarborough with the lead. Earnhardt rides second and Harry Gant has a bit of a breather in the third spot. As they head off into turn number one, it has brought some 60,000 race fans to their feet, lap after lap. We're in the 92nd lap of the 200 that make up the Gabriel 400. Michigan International Speedway, Harry Gant, 
Dale Earnhardt, and Cale Yarbrough. And right now, as they scoot across the start-finish line, Cale finds himself back in third spot, Eli Gold. He's going to hold down right now as they go single file for the moment. Harry Gant, who has been running a good bit higher line through one and two. Well, Cale says, if Earnhardt and Gant go there, I will too. So all three move up, and they'll rim right it off the turn. Everybody's standing every time the leaders come through turns one and two. Nobody's sitting down. As they come flying down the back straightaway, it's still Dale Earnhardt trying to hold off the lead. Earnhardt, every time down into three, seems to go high in the groove. And this allows Yarborough to duck down underneath, as he does now, as he is tied even for second place, trying to out-accelerate and pull that low groove, now trying to go for the lead. Cale comes down on the inside. Earnhardt gets out of the throttle a little bit. He made up a little ground and loses it. And then it looks like Cale might be taking the low groove. And if you put the race car down there, sometimes you can bind it up a little bit, even though that's the quickest way around the racetrack, where Earnhardt's car is working real loose in driver ability. If you can hit that high groove, you can still get around the track the quickest. Certainly, the more that you can keep the uh, engine revved up and running loose, the, the better you can come off the turn, Barney. There's no question about it, and that's what Earnhardt is doing. And you talk about those 60,000 race fans up here that are getting their money's worth. These people up and down pit road are, too. Every time that threesome comes off of the fourth turn, they're craning their neck to see what's going to happen next. And Dale Inman, he's not quite as happy as those fans up there are about that battle that's going on. He would rather see his man uh, not challenged quite as tough as he is right now because Cale Yarbrough leads him back across the line this time. But uh, they would rather that that competition not quite be that uh, stiff. Well, they like it up here in the grandstand and all over the press box. As they head off into turn number one, Harry Gant was up there as the leader for just a moment, but that didn't last long. Dale Yarbrough has the edge now with Gant going second, Earnhardt going third. Those three cars now with about a car length and a half of a separation between each one. But again, they tighten it up off turn number two and down the midpoint of the back straightaway. Gant closes on Yarbrough. They're posting 14 cars on the lead lap here with Yarbrough leading. Coming up on the halfway point, just a lap and a half from now in the Gabriel 400, Buddy Bay crew, Haas Ellington and the Uno crew lead in the Sears Craftsman Pit Crew Contest after two stops with three stops Dale Earnhardt's. Wrangler crew headed up by Dale Inman are 14 seconds behind and Ron Bouchard's Race Hill Farms crew headed up by Bob Johnson two seconds back in the third place in the pit crew contest thus far. Well as they come across the line right now they swap that lead again. Cale Yarborough jumps back out up front but Eli reeling in the front threesome right now is Darrell Waltrip. He's getting a little assist from Morgan Shepard, who's a lap down. He is. Those two cars have gone nose to tail here for the last, who knows how many laps. They have just set out to try and catch the leaders. In front, of course, the three lead cars have been going two wide, three wide, one car at the point, mixing it up the, de the design. These next two cars, Waltrip and Morgan Shepard, still nose to tail, and they are very noticeably now making up the difference. Cale Yarbrough brings him into turn three, and right behind now is Dale Earnhardt, who has moved back into second place. It's Gant now trying to go down on the inside of the racetrack, as Yarborough has been trying to do for so many laps. Waltrip is about two seconds behind. He's knocked off about a second off what he was behind a moment ago. We've just reached the halfway point as the leader crosses the line that time. Cale Yarborough brings him across to complete 100 of the 200 laps that make up the Gabriel 400. They're back in turn one. Dale Earnhardt still holding down second place. Harry Gant is going third. The difference now between Yarborough, first place, and second place Earnhardt is about the same as your third place car, Gant, back to your fourth place, Darrell Waltrip. So Darrell now within shouting distance as they mix it up on the backstretch. Cale 
Yarborough brings him down. It's about four car lengths back to Earnhardt. Earnhardt trying to reel him in. Now Earnhardt continues to go to the high groove as he comes between three and four. And Gant is down on the low side. Gant gets a little bit loose. The car goes a little bit sideways. He has to drop back and let Earnhardt back in second place. Both Earnhardt and Gant have looked awfully loose, Barney, running up in that high groove as they come to the strike. Yarborough by four car lengths. Then Earnhardt, and it's about 12 car lengths back to Harry Gant, who's about to lose third spot. It's Waltrip who has caught Gant after Harry's bit of a bobble in turn four, and Waltrip goes to the inside of Harry Gant. The battle of the green again. This time, Waltrip working low on the racetrack has third place. He'll sweep by Harry Gant. Morgan Shepard still a lap down, watches now from a spot behind Harry Gant. So your leader is Yarborough. Earnhardt second, then comes Waltrip and Gant. Earnhardt putting the pressure on Yarborough now as they come into the turn. He comes up very close, and Yarborough goes down to the inside of the track, as he's been doing, and Earnhardt comes up high to the outside. They are almost side by side, but the shortest place around the track should be the low line. Well, you heard Cale say earlier in our broadcast he didn't feel like he had anything to prove to anybody, but every time he goes on the racetrack, he goes out to win. He's proving it this afternoon. Heading back into turn number one, here's Earnhardt. Got to try Cale on the outside. He'll try it to the high side. Cale now has to watch out for race traffic. J.D. McDuffie is there, so they'll stock it up three Trouble wide. in turn four. We've got a car down on the infield. He goes down off the track onto the grass. The dirt flies, and the car gets sideways, but he's back under power and heading back into pit road with no contact. Caution is on the speedway, and this will be the fifth one of the afternoon as the car comes onto pit road. It is number 12. That is Tim Richmond again who had problems here earlier and he will bring out the fifth caution flag of the day. It will come out on lap 102. Pace car about to move on to pit road and we'll go back to green as they come a digging out of turn number four. The leader right now is Cale Yarborough. He had been trying to hang on to that lead and pull away from Earnhardt before the caution came out, but they had been swapping it back and forth with Harry Gant getting a piece of it from time to time. Gant currently rides in second spot. Third is Bobby Allison. We're back under green. As they come down to the line, they shuffle back in the pack, trying to work up on the leader. Morgan Shepard will be out front. He is not the leader. Cale is there in turn one. That's Harry Gant going now into the second spot. Bobby Allison holding down third. Ricky Rudd is up to fourth. Richard Petty going fifth. Earnhardt is sixth. Then Buddy Baker going seventh. Darrell Waltrip moves up to eighth spot now as your leaders swing off turn number two. Still, everybody battling for position wildly behind your leader. It's Yarborough in front. Harry Gant going second as they dispose of Morgan Shepard on the backstretch. And Yarborough gets down nicely on the inside in the middle of the back straightaway and he leads them into the turn and he now is way, way low on this racetrack and Gant following right along behind as they think the low groove may be fastest on this track out of four. Earnhardt and some of the rest of the field have been caught back in heavy traffic trying to thread their way back to the front and catch Cale Yarborough as he is rapidly accelerating away. Cale in front, Gant rides second, Bobby Allison is third, fourth is Ricky Rudd, they're back in turn one. Fifth is Earnhardt to the high side of the racetrack, sixth is going to be Richard Petty now as he holds out a position in seventh watching as Neil Bonnet. This time everybody seemed to take a groove midway through the turn again with the exception of Earnhardt who was about a half groove higher towards the outside retaining wall. Off the turn number two area it's going to be Earnhardt working down the back straightaway chasing Yarbrough the leader. And it's Gant comes sailing down the back straightaway or on the back door of Cale Yarborough. Yarborough brings him in, and in third position is Allison. And going high again is Dale Earnhardt trying to pick up a position. He likes the high side out of four. Quickest car in the field right now appears to be Earnhardt. He has knocked off about seven of the lapped automobiles and some of the guys that are running in the top ten to work his way into fourth position. And he is reeling in the front threesome down in the south end of the track. As the cars work their way through, they try to shuffle it again. Bobby Allison looks to the inside. Earnhardt goes high. Benny Parsons has just 
Bates just taking a position away from Ronnie Bouchard. He makes a move up through the pack as your leaders shuffle it again. Off turn number two. This time, Gant for the lead. Inside of Yarbrough. Right behind them, third and fourth. Side by side, Allison and Earnhardt. Four cars come straight at us and down on the inside, it's Harry Gant with a nose over Cale Yarborough. It's Gant now down low and Yarborough has to go a little higher than he's been going every time and right behind him comes Earnhardt. Four cars under a blanket. They spread and then now they fold the blanket back up and jam back together coming off at turn four. Back to single file, but only for an instant as Yarborough goes low at the start-finish line and looks for the lead. Inside of Gant, and here goes Earnhardt. Inside of Yarborough, three wide, attacking the turn. Up they go 18 degrees, and through the turn, Yarborough the leader. Earnhardt goes high in second, opens the door for Harry Gant. Gant comes right back to the downside, tries to hold on second, but again, showing that muscle off turn two. Here's Earnhardt, he pulls close past Gant and up to Yarborough. Right on, on the back fender of Yarborough now as they come up the back straightaway, it's Earnhardt. And Gant has been putting on a real challenge as he holds on to third place. He's down low right behind Yarborough as again it's Earnhardt way up high against the wall. Earnhardt has to be giggling to himself the way he's getting around this racetrack this afternoon. He's taking what we call an unorthodox line right out against the wall, which normally would be the long way around, but it's working. He's going after Kale for the lead. He may get it in one. He'll try him inside and does have the edge now is that number two Wrangler jeans machine shovels itself in front of Kale Yarborough. Harry Gant is third, Bobby Allison is fourth, Buddy Baker going fifth, Ricky Rudd is sixth, Darrell Waltrip going seventh, Richard Teddy holding on to eighth spot, Benny Parsons showing ninth. Midway down the back straightaway, Earnhardt the leader, they'll try and mix it up again behind him. They come down in single file now, it's Earnhardt bringing them down. He's in the lead, getting along some slower traffic, but Earnhardt's going to go way to the high groove again. And Yarborough's going to follow him around this time because the slower traffic is down on the low groove, so here they come, bumper to bumper, out of the turn. They've got a lap by Lake Speed before they get back to the line. The attrition rate has slowed dramatically. We have seven cars out of the race, all at about the lap 65 mark, and since then, we have not lost a car. 112 laps complete, 224 miles here in the Gabriel 400. Twelve cars in the lead pack contesting the lead along with a number of lap machines. It's the kind of racing that is close all day long here at Michigan International Speedway. Already 20 lead changes officially among eight drivers coming up to the halfway point. It's about to change hands again as Earnhardt leads them off the corner. Second is Gann and third is Yarborough. We'll give you the rundown as of 100 laps and give you all the cars running in the event. At that point, Yarborough was the leader. Earnhardt was second, Gant was third, Waltrip was fourth, and Richard Petty fifth. Buddy Baker, the sixth-place car, seventh was Ricky Rudd, eighth was Bobby Allison, ninth was Jody Ridley, tenth was Ron Bouchard, eleventh, Buddy Arrington, Dave Marcus was twelfth, Terry Labonte was thirteenth, and fourteenth was Bud Moore's driver, Benny Parsons. They're all on the lead lap. One lap down. In 15th is Morgan Shepard. Neil Bonnet is lapped down. He's the 16th place car. 17th is Kyle Petty. 18th to Johnny Rutherford. 19th is Richard Childress. And 20th is Stan Barrett. 21st is Tim Richmond. Lake Speed is 22nd. And 23rd is J.D. McDuffie. Two laps down on a lap by himself. 24th is D.K. Ulrich. Three laps down. 25th is Roger Hamby. And 26th is Joe Boer. In 27th spot, four laps down is James Hilton. In the 28th position, Cecil Gordon. 29th is Ronnie Thomas. And the 30th place car is Jimmy Means. He's the last car running.
Well, the fans just can't get a chance to sit down this afternoon the way they've been swapping that lead back and forth, scooting around the racetrack. Earnhardt, right now, the class of the field, he's taking the long way around the racetrack, that outside groove, but he's strong enough that it's getting the job done right now. As they head over into turn number three, Let's move over to Ted Otto. Dale Earnhardt brings him around. He still likes the high groove on this racetrack. He's going way up high as Gant tries to stay down underneath, and they almost touch each other as they exit the turn. Drag race now to the start-finish line to see who will lead this lap, and it will be Earnhardt again by just about a half a car length as Darrell Waltrip makes a sandwich out of the twosome and scoots back off into turn number one and goes after the lead. Darrell wants it low on the racetrack, disposes of Harry Gant. Now he's side-by-side side with Earnhardt. Dale goes high. Darrell stays low. That means Waltrip has the lead. The Duke crew in front. Here comes battle for second place. Harry Gant to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt has the muscle, but Harry tries to hang with him. Waltrip back into the lead now as he brings him down the back chute. Coming up very, very close behind him is Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's going to continue to try the high side of this racetrack as going down low is Waltrip and they are side by side coming out of four. Often during a race like this, we'll discuss up here in the booth how they're trading the lead back and forth, trying to feel each other out and see how well one car is running against another. Right now he's sizing up Earnhardt side by side as Dale gets high in turn two. Waltrip retakes the lead with Earnhardt second, Gant third, Buddy Baker in the fourth spot, Bobby Allison and Cale Yarborough fighting for fifth. Across the strike comes Darrell Waltrip. He has about nine car lengths on Harry Gant as they work last traffic. The race is for third. It is Buddy Baker going to the inside of Dale Earnhardt and with Dale going to the high side, midway between one and two, Baker stays low and he has third. Now is the race traffic goes by Cecil Gordon and Joe Boer. It's going to be single file for the moment until Bobby Allison pulls out. He'll try to sneak to the inside and does pass Dale Earnhardt. Picks up a position there for fourth place. Allison is trying on Baker now as they go by slower traffic. It's Allison down on the inside and Allison does. He moves on up into third position and we've got Waltrip and Gant and Allison coming out of turn four leading the race. Well, it depends at a given point in this race as to who you think has the strongest car. It almost looks like everybody's been laying back, at least until this stage of the race. Waltrip's in command. Riding second right now is Harry Gant and a whale of a battle for third spot. Three abreast in turn one. It's Buddy Baker still battling for third spot along with Bobby Allison. Neil Bonnet is there trying to mix things up as well, though he was showing earlier as a lap in arrears. It's going to be through turns two and three, or at least one and two now. As off the turn comes your leadership, still being held by Darrell Waltrip. Then down by about five car lanes is Harry Gant. Then back about seven more to Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, and Cale Yarbrough. They come down in single file now as the speed begins to appear to pick up as they come down here. Darrell Waltrip trying to get away from this pack, trying to get some more speed and not be bothered by what's behind him. He tries to low groove on this racetrack and now drifts out against the wall in the lead. Well, Baker running much better now than at the start of the race. He's worked his way up to fourth spot behind Waltrip, Gant, and Bobby Allison. Right now it is Darrell Waltrip pulling the field around the Michigan International track heading up into turn three. It's Waltrip with the lead and Gant is back about four to five car lengths and then right behind him is Neil Bonnet. They all want to try the lower groove this time as Waltrip takes them right down almost to the apron and now drifts out against the wall on the exit. The way they're running right now, Waltrip has the lead. It's about 12 car lengths over Harry Gant. Bobby Allison is the third-place car. Buddy Baker is fourth. They're keeping close tabs on one another. Yarborough's in fifth position. In sixth is Dale Earnhardt. Ricky Rudd rides in the seventh spot. Back in the eighth position is Richard Petty in ninth. 
is the machine of Ron Bouchard. In the 10th spot is Jody Ridley. Still 12 cars posted on the lead lap. Let's update you just a bit as to that rundown. We neglected Benny Parsons. Parsons is running in the 8th position behind Ricky Rudd, just ahead of Richard Petty, Ron Bouchard, and Jody Ridley. So still more than 10 cars on the lead lap as Bouchard tries to put the move on Richard going down the back straightaway. That's a race for ninth spot in front of Ted Otto. And they come sailing down here and Richard uh, trying to hang on. He's going a little bit high and Bouchard is down low. Looks like Bouchard is going to be able to pull it off as Petty has to let him in and come in in front of him. Bouchard ahead of Petty. Bouchard's had a good run here this afternoon. He had a couple of unscheduled pit stops, but nevertheless, they've run extremely well in every track they've been to this year. Very impressive young driver. He has a good future in this business. Also, young Mike Alexander, a call out to this youngster. I think we're going to be hearing a lot about him in the coming years, particularly when they get their act together and get some engines that will stick together for them. At Michigan International Speedway, 128 laps are complete. And Ned Jarrett, it looks like Dale Earnhardt might be losing a little ground. The car not working quite as well as it did. Barney, I wonder if some of the dicing around that he and Cale Yarborough were doing about 10, 15 laps ago when they were changing the lead two or three times on each lap, I wonder if maybe they didn't abuse their tires quite a bit. They're running side by side now. As you come off of the fourth turn, both of them have dropped back almost simultaneously. And I believe that that might be what is to them. They just simply abused those tires so much, heated them up, and now they're dropping back as a result. Coming up on 125 laps, and that would be 250 miles or half the distance if this were a 500-mile race. But here at Michigan, the track is ultra-competitive, and they run their races at 400 miles. Richard Petty says that's an ideal distance. You know, us also here running 400 miles instead of 500, it keeps more cars in competition. You know, if you went ahead and run that extra 100 miles, then you knock out one or two of the good runners, you know, by, you know, bad pit stop or... Maybe they cut a tire down or just a lot of different things. You know what I mean? They wind up not being there. When you run a 400-mile race, you've got to run wide open all day long to even be close. So it's a sprint race, and that's the reason they wind up with three or four cars racing for the lead instead of just a couple. Darrell Waltrip leads the field out of turn number four. Neil Bonnet trying to unlap himself, and he is caught up to Waltrip. And right behind him comes Bobby Allison, Harry Gant, and Buddy Baker. And if those four can link up in a draft and work together, they may be able to get around him. They're back in one. They right now work single file earlier. Darrell Waltrip had to work around race traffic and held up a pretty good advantage. Now the traffic is not a factor. The other four cars have hooked together virtually, and they have chased down Darrell Waltrip rather effectively here. Off turn number two, it's Neil Bonnet looking to get back on a lead lap down by a car lane. Then comes the next three cars. Waltrip brings him into turn three and trying to get around them is the 21 car of Neil Bonnet. He's going down low, trying to get down underneath. Waltrip closes the door on him and won't let him through and Bonnet right on his back bumper. Two cars that are moving up through the field very well. One is Bonnet and the other is rookie Ron Bouchard. He's just gone around the Jody Ridley machine and moved up past Kyle Petty who's a lap down. So let's set for you the 14 cars that are on the lead lap. Waltrip is the leader. No, let's go to turn one where Neil Bonnet's trying to get his back. He is. Neil going to the high side of, of Waltrip. Drove deeper into the turn. Rim rode around a bit longer than Waltrip did and comes off turn number two with himself. Neil Bonnet that is back on the lead lap. So Neil is back in front of Waltrip and here come Bobby Allison and Harry Gant to make it a tight battle with Waltrip for the lead. That'll put 15 cars on the lead lap. Waltrip the leader. Bobby Allison in second. Gant is the third place car. Fourth is Buddy Baker and fifth is Dale Earnhardt. Cale Yarbrough is in the sixth spot. Seventh is Ricky Rudd. Benny Parsons is eighth. Bouchard is now up to ninth. 
Bouchard. In the ninth spot, in the tenth position is Ridley. Eleventh is Richard Petty. Twelfth is is Terry Labonte. Thirteenth is Dave Marcus. Fourteenth is Buddy Arrington. And fifteenth is Neil Bonnet. It's been a good drag race going on all the way around the speedway for the last turnaround between Cale Yarborough and Earnhardt. And they're still door-to-door down in turn one. Earnhardt works to the inside, but only for a moment as Cale used the banking to close in towards the entrance of turn number one and shut down in front of Earnhardt. So Cale Yarborough has that battle. Meanwhile, back at the point, second place battle. It's going to be Bobby Allison to the inside of Harry Gant. That's for second. Cale Yarborough still trying to put in a challenge, trying to go down now to the inside. He's gaining some ground down low, trying to move around now. He's right behind Daryl Waltrip, who's also in the low groove and trying to pick off third place. Waltrip comes out of the corner. Bonnet has gotten his lap back. He's on the tail end of the lead lap, and as Mike Joy pointed out, that keeps 15 cars in the lead lap, and that's the kind of competition we always see here at Michigan. Waltrip about to be reeled in. Bobby Allison is coming up strong. So is Harry Gant. They're in the south end of the track. They work through turns one and two, taking a middle groove. Neil Bonnet again leading the way. He is on the tail end of the lap, and Buddy Baker, not to be forgotten about, he is well within shouting distance of the leaders. Off turn two, nobody makes the move this time. They'll shoot single file towards three. Waltrip coming up underneath Bonnet now. Waltrip trying to put Bonnet back down. Bonnet accelerates, now dives down in front of Waltrip, and coming up around on the outside is Gant. Gant now way up against the wall in Earnhardt's favor position. Gant trying to move ahead, but he will not be able to out of four. Harry Gant is a master at working that high groove as he proves up at Dover, Delaware, and some of the other tracks we go to, and right now he's giving Waltrip all he can handle back in turn one. And at the same time, Neil Bonnet back a lap down now, through turn number one, Waltrip holding on from that unrelenting challenge from Harry Gant. Then comes the Neil Bonnet automobile a lap down, then comes Bobby Allison's car, and then back about seven to eight car lanes to Buddy Baker in fourth. Off turn number two, they'll work to the outside near the retaining wall, and still Waltrip feeling the challenge from Harry Gant. Gant is giving Waltrip all all that he can handle as they come into the turn up onto the banking now. Waltrip going down low. Gant again going up high. Bonnet trying to stay down low right behind Waltrip. It's Waltrip way down low in the group. Bonnet trying to get his lap back. Bonnet will be in the lead out of the turn. Waltrip and Gant almost get together coming off the corner, but Darrell will lead this lap, the 137th. Gant goes after him back down in turn one. Harry's got it set up well. This will take him to the high side of the racetrack. He uses it to the advantage, and Harry Gant has the lead. Waltrip trying to tuck himself back in. He's side by side now with Neil Bonnet. Here comes Bobby Allison. Thinks about making it three wide, but Joe Booer's car is there, and that'll block one lane of traffic. So off turn number two, your leader is going to be Harry Gant. And then a distance back comes second place Waltrip then Allison and Baker. Harry Gant has the lead and Neil Bonnet has only one car to pass now and he has to catch Gant. Bonnet now down on the low side of the racetrack behind the slower traffic of Boer. Bonnet now going in between he and the lead car. Gant will have the lead out of four. And while all of that racing was going on, Dave Marcus, who seems to always be a candidate for the Goody Payday Award, was in for about two laps and had to hood up on the car. They made repairs and he's back in the running now. Your leaders back again in turn number one. It's still Harry Gant showing the way. Waltrip going second. Bobby Allison is third in a nose-to-tail battle with Buddy Baker, who has tightened in for fourth. Neil Bonnet is still tucked in between your lead automobile of Gant and your second-place runner, that of Darrell Waltrip. Now off the back straightaway towards turn three. Nobody makes a move. 
133 laps completed, excuse me, 140 laps completed. That's 280 miles, and Harry Gant leads them down to the line, about to lap his teammate, Stan Barrett. He has an eight-tenths of a second advantage over Darrell Waltrip. And the pit stops, should this race remain under green, might be the story of the day because they pitted on lap 106 the last time when they put them back under green. And, Ned Jarrett, they definitely will have to make one more stop. Yes, they will, Some of them might even have to make two. Yes, uh, the Ford products in particular, as we mentioned before, they don't get quite the gas mileage that the General Motors products do. Uh, Neil Bonnet has just passed the leader again to get back in the lead lap, and he would like uh, nothing better than for a caution to come out. But if the green should stay out, they should be coming in in the next 10, 12, 15 laps, and for many of them, that would be their last pit stop. So 142 laps are complete. The pit stop should be coming somewhere between lap 150 and maybe 156, give or take a few laps in that range. As the leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip, and he's had three and four cars all over him all afternoon since he grabbed the lead after that last restart. Neil Bonnet has worked him over from time to time. Harry Gantz underneath him coming out of four. Bonnet takes a chomp at him on the outside, trying to get his lap back, and they come three abreast down to the start-finish line, make that four. Bobby Allison goes after the lead right on the apron of the track, and they're still four deep in one. Unbelievable. Somebody's got to give, and it's going to be a shuffle to the turn, and Harry Gant backs away. So, too, Waltrip, and Bobby Allison has the lead through a four-abreast entrance to turn number one. They shuffle it, and out comes Allison as the leader. Here comes Waltrip, though, off turn two. He wants the lead right back, and Harry Gant is watching. Everybody still behind Neil Bonnet on the tail end of the lead lap. It's three wide for the lead. And it's Waltrip down underneath Allison as they come into the turn. Bonnet trying to hold them all off as he's got his lap back and he wants to hang on to it it's Allison right behind him he has the lead right now and going down low is Waltrip as they come out of the turn Giovanna's probably saying to himself I want to get out of this mess he had the best seat in the house now he wants to kind of pull ahead of the pack Allison is into the lead Waltrip rides second still back in third spot is Harry Gant they're back in turn one Waltrip wants the lead though he looks to the inside of Bobby Allison nothing is there Harry Gant wants second he goes to the high side of Waltrip midway between turns one and two Waltrip showing the strength down low. Holds off the challenge of Harry Gant. Bobby Allison still the leader and Neil Bonnet there watching. Battle now for second place off turn two to the inside. Waltrip outside Gant. Harry Gant pulls towards three. And as they come sailing into the turn, it's Bonnet out here trying to hold off the leaders, trying to hang on to his lap. And Bobby Allison is right behind him. They're up high against the wall this time as they're all seeking for the fastest place on the racetrack. And they come sailing out of four to a breath. One thing about Harry Gant, he's driving a lot more aggressively than he has been. Uh, that's so. Last year, you know, we would, I didn't try to be that aggressive because the main thing for me last year was a bench race, you know, for the Race Hill Farm team and try to win some money and uh, we had to do the best we could do and uh, now you know uh, we run more aggressive this year than I did last year because I got more acquainted with other drivers and running with them and I didn't want to make no mistakes and uh, I've waited now you know and got I think uh, a, a lot of experience now behind me and uh, we're ready to really do some racing. As they swing around the racetrack it continues to be Bobby Allison out front. Waltrip's been trading the lead back and forth. Harry Gant's been in there in the thick of things also, riding in the top three just inches apart. And Ned Jarrett may have hit the nail on the head between Dale Earnhardt and Cale Yarborough. They did some of the hardest racing we have seen this season, and since that time, they have dropped back in the field. Earnhardt currently rides in fifth position, and Cale rides along in sixth. Now, pit stop should be coming up at least around lap 150 to 156. That should be the final one of the day for most of these cars. And whether the Ford products will have to come in a little bit early, Neil Bonnet and Ben Parsons will have to wait and see. 
I believe the Ford products, of course, on the first pit round of green flag pit stops, both Benny Parsons and Neil Bonnet came in at the same time, and it was only one lap ahead of Dale Earnhardt and only two laps ahead of Waltrip. And Waltrip has been one car that's been getting better gas mileage than most of the teams this year. While we're talking about pit stops, after 150 laps, Harry Gantz, Race Hill Farms crew, is leading in the Sears Craftsman Pit Crew competition by three seconds over Buddy Baker's Haas Ellington Uno crew and Morgan Shepard's Performance Connection crew. Let me correct myself. I said we were at lap 143 or 148. It was 148 if I said 143. We've just come up on 150, so we should see some pit stops coming up momentarily. Some of the best racing we've seen all year at Michigan International Speedway this afternoon and the Gabriel 400. And again, Darrell Waltrip has grabbed the lead away from Bobby Allison, dropping him back to second position as they swap it back and forth all the way around the racetrack. Here they come out of turn number four, back to the line. Neil Bonnet has put the Purelator Courier machine back on the tail end of the lead lap. Waltrip has the lead. Harry Gant goes out of the inside in one. He'll try second place on Bobby Allison to the inside of Bobby attacking turn one, but Allison using the high side of the banking holds on to second place. Harry Gant says we'll try it again. He'll stay to the inside of Bobby Allison this time now as they complete turn number two. Straightening it out for the long back straightaway. It's still the lead being held by Waltrip. Second place now Allison. He weathers the charge from Gant. Waltrip trying to get around Neil Bonnet now and put him another lap down. Bonnet trying to stay on it till the very last second and not let him by. Bonnet up on the high side of the racetrack and Waltrip down low trying to put him down a lap right behind. Waltrip comes Bobby Allison out of four. Out of turn number four, Waltrip has the low side. Neil Bonnet up high, scratching and clawing his way along. Trying to stay on the lead lap. Can't do it at the start-finish line. Waltrip has it by a car length. Neil tries to stay alongside into one. Neil goes to the high side with Waltrip down low, but Darrell, he's been working well down there, and now he re-cements himself in front of Neil Bonnet. Meanwhile, Bobby Allison begins to close tightly. Then comes Harry Gant's automobile and Buddy Baker. Let's not forget him. That big red Uno machine still right there in the battle. Down the back straightaway still the show for Waltrip. It's Daryl Waltrip, but not losing any ground is Bonnet. Bonnet staying right on him. Bonnet now going to the low side of the racetrack is Allison. Goes to the high side in second place. So it's Waltrip and Allison up high with Gant also high. Baker coming down the center as Bonnet goes to the pit. Well, it looks up, like coming up, Dale Earnhardt's crew is ready. The Wrangler team ready for him to come in. And here's Bonnet coming down pit road right now in the pure later Ford. Neil Bonnet will be the first of the front runners to make his appearance on pit road, and he will make it at lap 153, so that should make him able to go the distance, and here comes the second of the Ford products that's been running in the top ten, Benny Parsons. Dale Earnhardt is also in the pits. Let's go back to Ned. They go to the right side on all three of those automobiles to change tires and fill it up with gasoline. One of the crew members on the Ranger car is making a weight adjustment on that car. Francis Allen reaching inside to shift some weight around, and that might be the reason Earnhardt was dropping back. They're still working on the tires and the gas as Benny Parsons and Neil Bynett is gone. Earnhardt was in for 18 and a half seconds. Earnhardt getting out. Here comes Benny Parsons off pit road. Earnhardt will beat him out of the pits. Neil Bonnet was the first of those three to get back onto the racetrack. Everybody else should be coming in in the next four laps. One thing that's remarkable, Varney, I think I don't believe we've had a race this year where after 300 miles, we still have 30 cars 
they're still running and in contention. And I think the worst of those is only about some four or five laps down. So the attrition rate, which cost us seven cars within the first 60 miles, no one has dropped out of the race, or rather since the first 60 laps. Still 30 cars in contention, and still a dozen of those are on the lead lap as the final round of pit stops has begun. Now the pit board is out for the Junior Johnson car. Here's Richard Petty on the pit road of the STP machine. Cale Yarborough completes his pit stop and brings the MC Anderson Valvoline Buick. Back on the racetrack as Richard Petty gets right side tires. Here comes Waltrip and Allison. Let's go back to Ned on pit road. Cale Yarborough, good pit stop for him. Only 14 and 18 seconds as Allison and Darrell Waltrip race down the pit road. Now Waltrip has stopped in his pits. Allison on farther down the line. And you talk about pressure, fellas. There's uh, pressure on the pit crews, especially during green flag stops. And one in particular in this crew of Junior Johnson's, young Andy Petrie, is working on this crew. Waltrip's up on the jack. He ran on the jack. He did, but he only stopped for 12 and 9 tenths seconds. A very good pit stop. And Ron Bouchard comes in, spins it out. Hits the wall. Ron Bouchard comes in too hard, spins it backward, clips the wall. He's going to have to turn it around and get his service. So that's going to be the a real chink in his armor here this afternoon as he had been doing a super job. Well, the young rookie driver learns a costly lesson here at Michigan International Speedway, and he caused a lot of crewmen to dive over the wall to get out of the way. Here comes Buddy Baker back on the pits, and they're going to send Bouchard out, send him around, and bring him back in. And he pulls out, almost gets a piece of Harry Gant as things are not going well for that team at all here this afternoon. Gant is in the pits. These are regular scheduled stops. Buddy Baker is also on pit road. Let's go back to Ned Jerry. It is time for everybody to be coming in. And Barney, to finish my story about the, the pressure on some of these fellows, this young guy, Andy Petrie, who I know his parents very well. They're good friends of mine. I recommended him about three or four weeks ago to Junior Johnson. Junior said, we'll give him a try. And today was the real test for him. If he performs in the pits, he'll have a regular job with this team. He's been working with them now. This is the third race. And uh, he has turned in a good performance here this afternoon. And particularly that time, he changed that right rear tire in less than 13 seconds. I would say that uh, that would uh, earn him a position on that team. Ned, it's going to be a costly stop for Waltrip. Running over the jack has cost him a black flag from NASCAR, and they have put the uh, number 11 up on the black flag board where Harold Kinder stands on the starter stand. And Junior Johnson is hot about it. He's arguing with the NASCAR official in his pits, but that's the rule. So they're going to have to bring him back in. Now, Ron Burchard comes in after having to make that lap after spinning out, coming into the pits. And here comes Walter down pit road right now. And the Junior Johnson crew ready for him. They're going to cap the gasoline off. And uh, while he's there, we'll hold him in just briefly as the penalty. And they take that opportunity to finish filling it up with gasoline. Ned, there's nobody in this business, whether you're the best or whether you run dead last every time you go out, that hasn't done that, so it's just part of the business. Yes, it is, Barney. There's so much pressure, and everybody, just a tenth of a second means so much in the pits today, and they don't want to lose it, so when uh, the tire changers ran around, they thought they were ready to go, and the jackman just didn't quite have it down or couldn't get it down, or something went wrong there just momentarily, and it cost them that extra time. Well, and that's especially a tough break for Ron Bouchard. Not only was he running up in the top ten on the lead lap, but I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on him because his team was leading the Sears Craftsman Pit Crew competition, and I think Ronnie knew that a good stop on and off pit road would have clinched that $2,100 for them. Bobby Allison has the lead right now with 163 laps complete, riding in the second spot. Two seconds behind Allison is Buddy Baker. Four seconds back in third position is Harry Gant. Riding fourth is Cale Yarbrough. And in fifth position is Dale Earnhardt. Back about the sixth spot, 
would be Daryl Waltrip in seventh is Benny Parsons. Eighth is Ricky Rudd. Ninth was Ron Bouchard at the 150 lap mark. In tenth was Jody Ridley. Eleventh, Richard Petty. Twelfth was Terry Labonte. Thirteenth was Buddy Arrington. And fourteenth was Neil Bonnet. They were all on the lead lap. One lap down in fifteenth was Kyle Petty. Sixteenth to Morgan Shepard. Seventeenth was Tim Richmond. And eighteenth, Johnny Rutherford. Then two laps down was Stan Barrett in nineteenth spot. Lake Speed in the twentieth position. Twenty-first was Richard Childress. Three laps down in 22nd was J.D. McDuffie. Four laps down was Dave Marcus in 23rd. Ahead of D.K. Ulrich, the James Hilton automobile, Jimmy Means, the Cecil Gordon machine, Roger Hamby, Ronnie Thomas, and Joe Booher riding along in the 30th spot. Michigan International Speedway, 166 laps are complete of the 200 that make up the Gabriel 400. It's been a good one this afternoon. Right now, the biggest separation of the day is enjoyed by Bobby Allison, about four seconds ahead of the second-place car, Buddy Baker. Then... Not anymore, Barney Hall. Buddy Baker has closed right up on his back bumper. He's ahead now into turn one. Exactly. Buddy Baker, like shot out of a cannon, has closed in as Bobby Allison and Neil Bonnet were jousting around the bit. Neil trying to stay on the tail end of the lead lap. That allowed Buddy Baker to close in, and now Baker goes underneath Neil Bonnet, and it's going to be a nose-to-tail battle off turn number two. It's Bobby Allison and Buddy Baker nose-to-tail for the lead of the backstretch. And Buddy Baker has found some new horsepower in that car, else he was saving it till the end of the race, because he pulls right up behind Bobby Allison. It's Bobby Allison going a little bit high, the high part of this groove, and it's Buddy Baker right down on the inside as Baker's trying to stretch it out out of four. Let's just show how quickly things can change in this business. Two laps ago, when we put the clock on him, Baker was four seconds back. He's door-to-door with Bobby Allison running for the lead as they cross the stripe. It's Allison by half a car length. They're door-to-door in one. Buddy Baker has the inside. Bobby Allison will rim ride. Neil Bonnet watching. Now again a lap down through the turn. It's going to be Baker using the low side, holding on to the lead here as Bobby Allison comes off the high side in second. And Neil Bonnet now two cars down to being back on the lead left. Off turn number two. They straighten it out with that hard left. And it's still Buddy Baker, a car length of an edge over Bobby Allison. Buddy Baker takes him into three. Allison tries to get up behind. He cannot close the distance. It's still a two-car length. Meanwhile, Bonnet comes around on the outside of Allison, trying to get his lap back. As they get through some slower traffic, it's still Baker in the lead. Buddy Baker pulls him off the fourth corner, back down to the line. As we get down to the final laps here this afternoon, across the stripe, it's Baker by half a car length over Bobby Allison. Neil Bonnet's the third car in that draft, but he is not the third-place car. They ride nose-to-tail back in one. Boy, if Buddy Baker was biding his time. He was, didn't have a whole lot more time to go. Only 30 laps remaining according to the infield scoreboard here in Michigan. Buddy Baker is the leader. Bobby Allison going second in the Hardy's machine. Then the pure leader courier entry of Neil Bonnet again now a lap down though running with the leaders. Buddy Baker has a little bit more room this time but Allison gathers right up behind him now as they go into the turn. And Bonnet still trying to stay within shooting distance. Trying to get his lap back. Buddy Baker now in control. Down low in the groove as he brings them out onto the straightaway. There have been 27 official lead changes on this racetrack this afternoon, but the lead has changed hands of the backstretch, turns two, turns three and four many times all day long. We asked Neil Bonnet in particular, is there a best place to pass here and where is it? Just anywhere you want to. This this thing is an ideal racetrack that 
uh, the competition on this track is as fierce as anywhere we go. It might not be the fastest in the world. It might not be what some people want to race on, but it's the darn competition is just unbelievable. Uh, you can pass people. A lot of times on a racetrack, you see a car drive in low under somebody. Well, they're beat. They're not here. You can drive right back by them on the outside. And if you're not careful, they'll be at the third car down there under you. It's uh, it's kind of racetrack where a driver really enjoys it. Uh, all day long, you get all enthused in racing and racing and racing, and you, you use the car a little bit more than you might normally want to. But the competition on this track is just unbelievable from start line, start and finish line, all the way back around. There's no bad place on it. It's all good racing. Cale Yarborough has appropriated the lead by going by Buddy Baker up in turns one and two, and Yarborough has the black and white Buick back at the head of the field. Baker rides second, Allison is third, in the fourth spot is Harry Gant, and about a straightaway behind them is a tremendous battle for fifth involving Benny Parsons, Darrell Waltrip, and Dale Earnhardt. We're 172 laps complete, 28 laps to go from the Gabriel 400. What looked like a two-car run to the finish is now going to really change. Caution has come onto the track. Ricky Rudd lost an engine over in turn number three. And that has brought out the sixth caution flag of the day, and this is going to put the field right back together. There are nine cars on the lead lap, Barney, and we're right where we were a year ago, rather two years ago, uh, in Dale Earnhardt's rookie season. He was one of eight cars racing for the lead here with just five laps to go. He ended up falling out of the race, bringing out a caution, but it's, that's the way racing is so competitive here. As caution is out, Buddy Baker posted as second behind Cale Yarborough as they'll head for pit road and get set for this final run to the checker. Bobby Allison, the third-place car. Harry Gantz on the lead lap in fourth. Benny Parsons, Daryl Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, along with Jody Ridley as Ricky Rudd has now gone to the garage area, and it's going to be a race to see who gets off pit road the fastest to see who will have the lead. The top eight cars make an appearance on pit road all at the same time. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Ricky Rudd has just called out of the Gatorade or number 88. Ricky, did the engine let go? Yeah, something broke in the motor, and it, right as you go into the third corner, I don't know what it was, something uh, acted like it came out the bottom end of the motor, like it might have been a bearing or a rod or something. Ricky, we see a lot of cars moving around quite a bit out there. It's, uh, how is the track today? It's pretty bad shape. It really is slippery. Uh, there's that seal that they put on the track during the winter. It's come up, and it's just about like running on a racetrack, you know, a uh, track with a lot of motor oil on it. It's really slippery. Well, we're sorry to see you out of it. Better luck at Daytona. Thank you, Ned. We gave you nine cars on the lead lap. Take a look at the cars that are one lap down. Neil Bonnet would now become the ninth-place car as Ricky Rudd has, has gone to the garage area, so that would put Bonnet ninth. Richard Petty, we've just been informed, has gone back onto the lead lap. He, under the caution flag, or just as the caution flag came out. Petty got his lap back. Again, we have nine cars in the lead lap. Bonnet would be 10th, one lap down. 11th is Ron Bouchard. 12th is Terry Labonte. 13th is Buddy Arrington. And 14th is Kyle Petty. They're all one lap behind. Bernie Moore, the trackside steward for NASCAR, has just indicated to the field that they will go back to green the next time by. We've completed 178 laps. Michigan International Speedway, we're set to go racing. Harold Kinder with a green flag in hand of the pace car dives onto pit road, two rows, two abreast as they come out of this corner. He still keeps them under caution, hadn't put the green out yet. Field getting itchy, and now he flashes the green, and they come down to the line. In front, 
Cale Yarborough. Second is Benny Parsons. Third is Bobby Allison. Cale comes up through the gearbox quick. Here comes Earnhardt busting out of the pack and going after the lead in one. Cale goes to the high side. Walshup trying to hook on with a free ride there. Benny Parsons and Bobby Allison likewise chasing down Cale Yarborough. Not to be forgotten, Buddy Baker and Harry Gant there amongst that big pile of cars off turn number two. Chasing down Yarborough, who's up by four car lanes is Benny Parsons and Dale Earnhardt. They're side by side. Then comes the automobile for Darrell Waltrip, followed by Bobby Allison and Baker. It's Yarborough in the lead, coming down the back straightaway, but it's the number two car of Dale Earnhardt that moves into second place, and Baker maintains third as they drop into single file as they get into the line on the racetrack out of four. We may see the best finish in the history of stock car racing this afternoon here at Michigan International Speedway as the field chase Cale Yarborough as this one winds down. Yarborough, two car lengths ahead of Earnhardt. Parsons has worked his way to third. Fourth is Bobby Allison. Fifth is Walter. They're back in one. Earnhardt wants the lead. Goes to the inside of Cale going low and has the lead. So Yarborough now being kicked back to second spot. Meanwhile, battle for fourth. Bobby Allison there with Waltrip. Here's a battle for the lead. All over the racetrack, there are battles. Yarborough to the inside of Earnhardt. Coming off turn number two. They're side by side. And it's three abreast for turn for position three. And it's Yarborough and Earnhardt side by side as they come into the turn. On the low side of the track will be Yarborough. Yarborough going down low. Let's see if Earnhardt goes as high as he did earlier in the race. No, he stays down right in the center of the groove, forcing Yarborough down as they come out side by side. Coming down to the line, a dead heat for the lead as they come to the stripe. If this were the last lap, it would be Earnhardt by a half a car length. Yarborough drops back to second. The battle for third is three wide in turn one. It's going to be Walshup along with Allison and Benny Parsons. That's three wide for spot number three. That battle won by Waltrip. Let's try and sort it out. Midway between one and two now. Earnhardt the leader. Yarborough second. Waltrip third. Bobby Allison fourth. Buddy Baker fifth. Buddy Parsons going sixth now. As the cars work off turn number two and down the back straightaway, Yarborough looks inside of Earnhardt for the lead. And it's Yarborough trying to get down inside and Waltrip's going to try to follow him underneath. They've got Earnhardt up high in the groove. Yarborough down low. Earnhardt accelerating, not letting up quickly enough for the others. He wants to stay in there. They are three abreast coming out of four. Out of turn number four, Earnhardt on the high side. Yarborough has the measure of him. Earnhardt, though, takes the lead of the line. Yarborough second. Waltrip is third. Allison fourth. Baker is fifth. Parsons has the sixth spot from the Gabriel 400. Michigan International Speedway right now. They scoot up into turn number three with Waltrip out front. Just a car link back comes Earnhardt. Then it's Cale Yarborough, Buddy Baker, Benny Parsons, Bobby Allison. As they work out of turn number four and back to the line, Mike Joy, we've seen that lead swap back and forth the last three times around. Nine cars in it for the lead, along with that group. Add Harry Gant and Richard Petty. Not only are they all in the lead lap, they're all in the lead draft, going to turn one. They're going to talk about this one for a long time. Waltrip the leader now, side by side for second place. Our Yarbrough and Earnhardt with Kale to the inside. Here comes Buddy Baker. He'll make it three wide for second place. Baker down low, Kale in the sandwich, and Earnhardt to the high side. Everybody chasing Waltrip. They're going to mix it up and come off the turn again. A two-way battle for second. It's Earnhardt that's going to pull it off away from Yarborough as they come into the turn. Waltrip with a commanding lead. If you can have a commanding lead with this many people right on your back bumper, Earnhardt in second place goes a little high again like he has. Yarborough in the middle of the track and Baker fourth. As they come out of the corner and back to the line, you can't do a lot of door-to-door racing except for a split second or it'll allow Waltrip to set sail and get gone. 
as he heads off into turn number one. It's Darrell by just a half a car length as the field tightens up on him. Benny Parsons made a look to the inside for a thought about fourth place from Buddy Baker, but nothing was there. Earnhardt now going high as Walship goes low, and Kale takes the mid-groove. But Kale can't quite get around Dale Earnhardt, so off turn number two. It's still going to be Walship in single-file fashion up by two car lanes over Earnhardt, Yarbrough, and Baker. With 14 laps to go, there are still eight cars racing for the lead, six tied together. Then Richard Petty and Harry Gant running about five car lengths behind that lead pack. 14 laps to go. Darrell, Waltrip, and Buddy Baker trying to break the draft on Dale Earnhardt, Cale Yarbrough, Benny Parsons, Bobby Allison, and Harry Gant, and run away from the field, but they're not doing it. They're back in turn one. Everybody single file here. Waltrip, your leader. Buddy Baker going second. Earnhardt running higher is third. Yarbrough fourth. Benny Parsons fifth. Bobby Allison going sixth. Harry Gant is seventh. And Richard Petty right there in eighth. Everybody wants the lead. Now back for fourth place, the battle, as Benny Parsons makes a move. Tries to pull alongside Cale. Yarbrough does midway down the backstretch. Parsons is right up alongside, but Yarborough is not giving up. Yarborough accelerates, trying to hang on to fourth position as they go into the turn. Waltrip takes them through. Waltrip down low. Baker staying down low. Earnhardt going to the high side of the groove as they bring him out of the turn. Waltrip scoots across in front of Buddy Baker, chops him off, keeps him back there in second spot. Still just about a car length back to the third place car of Dale Earnhardt. Then it's about a five car separation. Back to that battle for fourth. They're back in turn one. Buddy Baker each time going into one, looks to the high side, has thoughts about it, cannot pull it off, and he tucks it again behind Waltrip. Earnhardt then goes rim riding all the way up, and again a battle for fourth. Benny trying to pull inside of Kale Yarbrough. Benny Parsons in the locally sponsored milling tool entry. Kale Yarbrough in the Valvoline entry, side by side for fourth. Parsons looks like he may get an edge this time. He's got the nose in front of Yarborough, back in fifth position. He moves up into it now, trying to get in there as Waltrip brings him around some slower traffic. Baker holding right on his bumper and again, Earnhardt a little high in the groove. You see all this trading back and forth for the lead. Darrell Waltrip, how close to the end of the race? Do you start running for keeps to try to get the lead and hold on to it? Well, a lot of drivers try to see what they can do 20, uh, 10 or 20 laps from the end. A lot of drivers will really bear down and try to pull away from you in the last 10 laps, say. And if you can hang with them, and uh, they realize that they're in trouble, that's usually a good psychological advantage. If they're able to pull away, then that's obviously a, a big psychological advantage for them. So uh, most everybody doesn't want to really wait till the last couple of laps. It's too critical. But everybody tries about 10 or 20 laps from in to, to start to see how if they can beat a guy or not. Waltrip still in command. Leads him off into the first corner. Buddy Baker rides second. And there's just about a car link separation, Eli Gold, between the front three. Right there, it's very tight. Earnhardt again going a bit high. Higher in the turn, the lead automobiles going past Joe Boer, likewise past Cecil Gordon. Again, Waltrip is the leader, Baker second, Earnhardt third, Benny Parsons fourth, Yarborough fifth, then comes Harry Gant, Bobby Allison, and Richard Petty. In fifth position where Yarborough is, he's right on the back bumper of Benny Parsons, pushing him almost into the turn. Waltrip brings them through, again low in the groove, Baker down low, and continuing to go high as Dale Earnhardt out of four. As they work their way out of four and back to the start-finish line, whoever wins this one is going to have to have a little help from somebody behind. One car cannot pull out and simply pass the rest of the field or even that front car. Benny Parsons told me yesterday two cars working together can sometimes run down the leader. Uh, two cars can, can draft right by. So, uh, yeah, if there's three cars batting for the lead near the end, then it's really an open race as to who's going to win because 
if the second car does pull out the pass, then the third car is going to pull out and pass, try to pass both of them. So then you're going to go in the corner three abreast, and that's uh, makes it very interesting. While we were listening to Betty Parsons, Kyle Petty begins to smoke heavily through one and two. He shuts it down off the second turn. Petty rolling very slowly down the backstretch. Kyle, that is, who was having a good, strong race. He was running one lap down behind the leaders, and he was within the top 15 cars. Tough break for him. Here comes the front runners back to the start-finish line. Waltrip by two car lengths, this time over Buddy Baker, then about another car length back to Earnhardt, and about a second and a quarter back to Benny Parsons and Cale Yarborough. They had linked up in a tight draft, and Eli, they looked like they'd make a little ground on the front threesome. They're reeling them in. We have a car upside into the wall. Now the Armco retainer catches Cale Yarborough as the car got sideways. One other car, two other cars spin now as Buddy Baker spins. Likewise, other automobiles off turn number two. Two other cars spin midway down the back straightaway. It's Earnhardt, Earnhardt and, and Waltrip. Earnhardt and Waltrip spin. Here come two other cars spinning off the turn. It's going to be Lake Speed spinning now towards the infield. Likewise, Roger Hamby as everybody spins in turn number one and two after Cale Yarbrough's car seemed to lift just a bit on the right side into the Armco retaining barrier. Here comes the race back to the start-finish line. Running for the lead, it's Gant and Parsons coming to the stripe. Down to the low side, Gant, it's Allison, Bobby Allison, just ahead of Harry Gant and Benny Parsons to race back to the caution flag with four laps to go. Neil Yarborough goes by the line, and the right front tire looks like it is bent in with a sheet metal on that car. He may be able to get back on pit road and get back out. The car still running at a pretty good rate of speed, but this late caution flag, the seventh one of the day involving all those cars over in turn number two, has really changed the complexion of this one. Buddy Baker getting an assist being pushed away from the wall in turn two. Let's go back to Eli Gold. Well, it was a wild one. Cale Yarbrough's automobile all of a sudden took a hard right into the Armco retaining wall. Then as his car came bouncing off, here came the rest of the pack. Again, remember how quite tightly everybody was running there among the lead pack. You had Lake Speed following up. Although a lap down, he was amongst the lead pack there. So too was Earnhardt, of course, and Darrell Waltrip. There came the Roger Hamby automobile. So too, of course, Kale and Buddy Baker, as we've already talked. And all of a sudden, in different locations, cars began spinning. Earnhardt and Waltrip were midway down the back straightaway before they began to spin. Yarborough, of course, bouncing off the turn two retaining wall. Then came Buddy Baker spinning at virtually the same location. Lake Speed spins off the turn towards the infield, and following suit was Roger Hamby. So it was a wild, wild scene. Seemed to begin as Yarborough's car turned into the Armco retaining barrier midway between turns one and two, and there is some awfully crinkled sheet metal coming by. The caution car has picked up Bobby Allison as the leader. Cale Yarborough comes by. Smoke sparks trailing from beneath his car as he's trying to limp along to the finish. Again, the car's involved. Kyle Petty appeared to let loose an engine down at turns one and two as he coasted down the backstretch out of harm's way. Along came the leaders. Yarborough spun, hit the wall and continued. Buddy Baker's car has moved off the wall. He's back underway. Daryl Waltrip has lost the right front of his car, but still going on all four wheels. Earnhardt was involved. Lake Speed and Roger Hamby are the cars that were in it up in turns one and two. Allison, the leader behind the caution car ahead of Harry Gant and Benny Parsons. 
so as Waltrip limps across the start-finish line. Lap 197 is posted on the board with three laps to go, and it looks like this one will finish under caution here this afternoon. If there's any possible way to get it back to green, the NASCAR officials will. Here is Buddy Baker in the pits, and he got a piece of the wall over there. We can't see the left side of the car. Ned Jarrett is on pit road. He can tell us if there's sheet metal damage on it. Not, uh, it does not appear to be too much, Barney, anything that would hurt him. I'm sure that they'll probably change tires on that car just to, in case the green does come back out, that would give him a good run for uh, the front. They, he is bound to have flat spotted the tires as he spun around, but Waltrip and Cale Yarborough will have no shot at running for the lead. They just hope that it'll finish under caution so they can limp around and get some kind of a position. Cale is Yarbrough. on pit road right now, and Mike Joy has the glasses on. They had some trouble getting the jack under the car. David If just finally got under the car. The right front had been completely blown out, both the tire and the inner liner, and Cale had to come around two laps as the caution car picked up the field before he could get to the pits. They have Ift has just reached in and just yanked the wheel off the car, what's left of it, which was trailing sparks all the way around the speedway. Awful lot of heat being generated there. They've got a new right front tire on the car. There's sheet metal damage at the back. They're trying to pry some of that away from the right front and try to get Yarborough back into this race. But at lap 198, with two to go, NASCAR cleanup crew is trying to hurry their efforts in turn number two. We'll try to run this last lap under green, Barney. I hope they can, and it is a shame indeed that the caution had to come out this late in the race with eight cars running in the lead lap just about a couple of car lengths apart. It would have been a wing-ding finish and may still well be because with Allison out front, riding in second is Harry Gant, third is Benny Parsons, fourth is Richard Petty. They have posted Buddy Baker as the fifth-place car, although he has made an appearance on pit road, and the crowd cheers Cale Yarbrough as they get a couple of wheels on his car, pull off those shredded tires and wheels, and he goes back onto the racetrack. Well, the white flag comes out with the caution for from Harold Kinder, and there's one more turn around to go with the safety car leading the field. Mike, we should say there are still at this point six or eight cleanup crew members out here in turns one and two, and they've got a whole boatload of sheet metal to clear away, and uh, to do all that much in this quick a time, they were there virtually before the cars stopped after the spin, but there was just so much cleanup to be done, it was uh, almost too tough a task here in two laps. Mike, as Darrell Waltrip comes up into turn three, his right rear tire is completely disintegrating, throwing pieces off. Wonder if he can make that last lap. Now, Waltrip still posted on the lead lap. <laughs> scoring will have to sort this one out. Fred Krantz is on the scoring loop trying to get a, a rundown. As they're posted on the board, Allison is the leader. As they go down the back stretch for the final time, Harry Gant will be the bridesmaid for the fourth time this season. Incredibly, he has yet to win a race and has been so close so many times, including today. Benny Parsons will wind up in third. Richard Petty is posted as the fourth-place car. He has made a pit stop. Under this caution period, as Buddy Baker, who was posted in fifth, spent a long time getting off the wall up in turn number two. Yarborough and Waltrip apparently will both limp around and be able to complete the distance. But it is, well, it's sort of like kissing your sister to see one end this way, Barney, that has been so close and so competitive right down to the end. Well, I think the fans were sitting on the edge of their seats and wondering who would win this one here this afternoon at Michigan International Speedway. As we said, there were eight cars running just about a car length apart with about seven or eight laps to go when the caution came out. So it is indeed a tragedy that they couldn't finish it under green. Here comes the field out of turn number four with a pace car leading them down under caution, and this one will end under the caution, the Gabriel 400, and Bobby Allison will win it. 
Allison gets a great cheer from the crowd as they come across. And again, Harry Gant, as you pointed out, will finish in second position, as he has so many times this season. Finishing third will be Benny Parsons. Richard Petty will run fourth. And they're still indicating that Buddy Baker will be the fifth-place car. We'll get a further rundown in a moment. And Bobby Allison has won the Gabriel 400. He'll be coming onto pit road and heading into victory lane and have a chance to talk with Ned Jarrett in a moment. Well, they voted Rick Wilson the winner of the Goodies Headache Award, $250 for the driver experiencing the biggest headache during the running of the event. Wilson blew an engine and was the first car out of the race after only three laps. It's been a frustrating series for the rookie contender. They did the voting, of course, before this lap 196 crash that involved Yarborough, Baker, Waltrip, Earnhardt, Lake Speed, and Roger Hamby, and everyone heads for the garage area, save for Benny Parsons who has accomplished what in Steve Way's grandstand commentary of two weeks ago said would be a tough order, winning two races for the same sponsor. Allison won the season opener at Riverside, California. He won again at Talladega for new sponsors on each occasion, and he won at Charlotte in the first race with Hardy's painted on the side of the car. So he's finally done what the Harry Rainier team has not been able to do through four sponsors, and that's win a race twice for the same one. Morgan Shepard's Performance Connection crew has beaten Buddy Baker's UNO team for the Sears Craftsman Pit Crew Award today. The margin of victory in that instance was 24.6 seconds, so a fine job turned in by Morgan Shepard's rookie crew to take those honors. As that car heads for victory lane, let's go up to Eli Gold quickly. His choice for the Pete Coolest Move of the Race Award. It's so tough. How do you pick one four-car battle and a survivor out of another four-car battle? I'd say let's pick maybe Buddy Baker before the incident near the late part of the race. All of a sudden, he was showing his full hand. He had that extra horsepower. He was working well. He was among the leaders. We hadn't talked much about him earlier in the day, so for hanging on and being around when it counted before those last couple of lap problems, Buddy Baker. Well, we'll get the rest of those votes in a minute. Right now, let's go to Ned Jarrett, who's in victory lane. Well, Bobby Allison has pulled the Hardy Buick in here, getting his safety paraphernalia unconnected, now coming out of the car, of course, with a big smile on his face, winning his fourth NASCAR Winston Cup race of the 1981 season. Bobby, congratulations. Oh, Ned, I'm thrilled. You know, we've lost some like that, but that's the first time I ever won one like that. But Harry Rainier says we'll take it. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> Feels good, huh? It sure does. Boy, I couldn't believe it. You know, we had run hard all day, and we finally had built up a little bit of an advantage under the green, and then that caution caught everybody up and kind of put us at a disadvantage again. And then all of a sudden, there was Christmas time in the middle of June. Well, when you say Christmas time, of course, you're talking about all the things that happened right directly in front of you. How did you get through it? Well, Ned, I saw all the cars uh, wrecking and going up in the wall, and at first I thought maybe there was a blown engine in one, but I felt that my car stuck, and so I just held it as open as I could and aim for the only clear spot that I could see. And I uh, just did miss Daryl as he came around one time down the back straightaway, but I uh, was able to get by there and then uh, accelerate enough to, to come back around and pick up the caution. You had to uh, forget about that r right quickly because you had uh, Harry Gant and Benny Parsons to think about. Well, yeah, uh, both of them were uh, scrambling, trying to get their cars back going. And, uh, you know, I knew that they were going to make a run for it to get back around to the flag, so I just uh, hope that the good old Hardy's Buick hung on there and that we got back around. We did, and uh, you know, that's when a good engine pays off. The car really handled bad all day long, but I had a terrific Waddell Wilson engine to pull this thing around all day, and I really appreciate it. Well, a week ago today, we were talking to you. You were disappointed. You had fallen out of the race at Riverside one of the few times this year. You've fallen out of a race, but come back here today, so uh, some kind of a consolation. Well, Ned, that's true, and that's the only engine we've lost all year so far, and uh, I gotta, I gotta thank Waddell, but all the crew. Everybody's worked so hard. You know, Zoomer and Slick and Pat, and the, the girls have stuck by us. 
And one just walking victory. Yes, indeed. You bet. Judy and Barbara and all the, the wives, you know, they've they've put up with as much stuff as we have, and I'm just tickled. Well, you got some more kisses coming besides the one you just got from Judy, so get on up there and get with it. Okay. Well, I got the best one already, though. Okay. I know that Donnie Allison, who's listening in down there, is proud to hear that Bobby is in victory lane. They asked Bobby in uh, the driver's meeting this morning to give a report on Donnie, and he said, well, he's getting a little tired of that wheelchair on his farm down in Hueytown, Alabama, and is anxious to get back out here, and Donnie... We want to wish you a happy uh, Father's Day and wish you back here very soon. Well, before we went to Victory Lane, we were polling our broadcast team on the peak coolest move of the race award. Let's go up to Ted Otto in turn four. Well, I think I'm going to have to agree with Eli. Uh, all afternoon, Buddy Baker stayed in the heat of the contest and never got out of sight of the leaders and then suddenly found some new horsepower, whether he sat on it all day waiting or whether they helped him in the pits at his last pit stop. But suddenly he comes challenging around for the lead and came out of nowhere, and that had to be a cool move. Unfortunately, it didn't end up in his behalf. Now, Jarrett? There's so many, I think, that would be deserving of that award here this afternoon, especially right there at the end of the race when all of the things happen. Certainly you could look at Bobby Allison and Harry Gant and Benny Parsons and all of those who were heads up and were able to get through that and come on around and finish in those respective positions. But when you look at a guy like Baker and the moves that he made and able to get his car back around without a great deal of damage to it, I'll vote for that also. Barney? I might as well make it unanimous. He did make a, he did indeed make a cool move when he came across underneath. When you're running three abreast coming across that start-finish line and you look down underneath him, there's a fourth car coming around you. That's a cool move. I would have to agree, although I'd like to cast a dissenting vote, vote for uh, what Dale Earnhardt uh, professed to be the bunch of ragtags that pitted his car on the first stop. It was a bunch of fellows that are not normally associated with being over the wall and working on the car, at least half of that crew. And they turned in that first stop at 13.6 seconds on the clocks. And uh, that was a fast stop for a bunch of fellows that don't do that week in and week out. But Buddy Baker will take home $250 from Peak Antifreeze and Coolant for the Peak Coolest Move of the Race Award. Here at Michigan International Speedway, the NASCAR Winston Cup stars took on the Gabriel 400, 400 miles on this tough two-mile oval. And the stage was set with a late caution flag, the sixth of the race at lap 173 for a 20-lap shootout to the finish among eight drivers. But four laps from the finish, Kyle Petty's STP Buick lost an engine up in turn one and two, and a short time later, the onrushing field got tangled up. As contenders for the win, Cale Yarborough, Buddy Baker, Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, along with Lake Speed and Roger Hamby, spun and crashed up in turns one and two. It ended up being a race back to the caution flag to see who won it. Well, of course, it was Bobby Allison. It's all history now. Allison picking up his fourth win of the 1981 season. Harry Gant finished second. Benny Parsons was third. Fourth was Jody Ridley. They revised the scoring on that one, and Ridley will end up in fourth position. Finishing fifth was Earnhardt. Sixth was Richard Petty. Finishing seventh, Darrell Waltrip. Cale Yarborough came home eighth. Ninth was Neil Bonnet. Ron Bouchard finished tenth. A good run for him this afternoon. Eleventh was Terry Labonte. Buddy Arrington finished twelfth. Thirteenth position to Buddy Baker, finishing in fourteenth. Would have been Tim Richmond, 15th position to another rookie driver, Morgan Shepard. Lake Speed finished 16th. 17th was Johnny Rutherford. Finishing 18th was Stan Barrett. 19th was Richard Childress. Finishing in 20th position was D.K. Aldrich. 21st to James Hilton. 22nd to Kyle Petty. 23rd going to J.D. McDuffie. 24th position to Joe Boer. Finishing 25th was Ronnie Thomas. 26th position to Roger Hamby. Finishing 27th would have been Cecil Gordon. 28th position to Jimmy Means. 29th to Dave Marcus. Ricky Rudd came home in 30th position. 31st to Joe Milliken. 
32nd position going to Mike Alexander, 33rd, Bobby Wawak. Finishing in 34th was Randy Ogden, 35th, Bill Elliott. Finishing 36th was Tommy Gale. And finishing dead last in 37th position, Rick Wilson. So they traded the lead back and forth, and on at least two occasions, Barney, they came across the line four cars wide racing for the lead. And you can't help but wonder what's going to happen in two weeks when they head for Daytona. Well, I think the cars, Richard Petty hit it on the head. They'll be a lot more stable, the little cars. They've been there one time in February. They learned an awful lot. So I think we'll see one of the best races we've seen of the year when we go back to Daytona for the Firecracker. It's a 400-mile event, and they really let it hang out all day there and get on the throttle and never crack it at Daytona. So in a couple of weeks when we go down for the Firecracker 400, the drivers have really had tough luck toward the end of the day. Cale Yarbrough, Darrell Waltrip, Earnhardt, and Baker. Uh, hopefully they'll be around at the end and we'll have 10 and 12 car drafts running for the lead all day like we usually do at Daytona. Well, one thing we found out today that's been evidenced all season long along, around, along with the record crowds, and I think Cale Yarbrough said it best when he said that NASCAR racing is, is really the most competitive and probably the best racing there is in the country right now. What about it? You know, uh, you fuss a little bit sometimes about too much practice and too long a days and all, but uh, you go to a place like Le Mans to run a 24-hour race and you have two little short practice sessions to get ready, uh, it makes you appreciate a little bit more time. But uh, it's uh, it's always good, I think, to, to see the other side and um, so you can know what's happening and know how to appreciate what you do have. Our thanks to Eli Gold, who covered the action in turns one and two today. Ted Otto up at the north end of the speedway. And, of course, Ned Jarrett, who covered all the action on Pit Road and Victory Lane. And his runner, Steve Burge, from R.J. Reynolds. Special thanks to Fred Krantz and Gail Connor, who ran the scoring loop today, kept us updated on the scoring and position changing all throughout the afternoon. And there was a lot of it with 42 lead changes. For Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC.